Okay. This is an interview with Sally Tanner for the State of California Archives Project. The interview is being conducted at 10.32 a.m. Pacific Time on Monday, November 2nd, 2020, and is being conducted via Zoom by Brenda St. Hilaire, and I'm located in Irvine, California, and Sally Tanner, who is in Ferndale, California. Sally, thank you so much for taking time today to speak to us about your political career and involvement in state politics. My pleasure. Especially now during this coronavirus pandemic that is impacting our world. Ideally, we would have loved to have been there in person with you in Ferndale, but this is the next best thing. Before we start talking about your political career, I would like to ask you a few questions regarding your family background and upbringing to provide right. a bit of context. Okay. When were you born? I was born in East Chicago, Indiana. That's near Chicago, um, near Chicago, Illinois. I was born at home, and I, I uh, my mother was helped by with a midwife. So um, <clears throat> I have. Um, I was the youngest of eight children. Wow. And. Um, so by the time I was uh, born, <coughs> excuse me, three of my <coughs> three of my uh, uh, siblings were already married and gone. Oh, okay. So there were five of us. And what was your what is your birth date? My birth date is uh, December. 28, 1926. So she worked as a chef for the executives in the steel mill. Oh, wonderful. And yeah, and my dad was a plumber. And what and were their names? He had his own business, a plumbing business. So um, that's about it. And my mom stayed with the job until I was maybe five or six. And then she stayed home. Anton and Mary. Her names. Anton and Mary. Parents' names. I can't hear you. Anton and Mary. Oh, my mother's name was Mary, and my dad's name was Anton. And our um, my maiden name was Zinski. Z i n s k i. Is that Polish ancestry? It is. Polish, and my dad came from Germany. Okay. And and two of my siblings came, no, three of my siblings came from Germany with him. Oh, so your yeah. brothers, so those, those siblings were born in Germany and came over with your father? Yes. At around what time, what, what years are we talking about when they came over? Well, um, 
I would guess in, in early uh, 1920s. Okay. In that, and, in that area. And what did, why did your parents come over to the U.S.? My mother was born in Berlin, Wisconsin. Oh. She was um, a native. Uh, but my dad uh, came over and he brought three of his children, um, the three he had, and he brought them with him. And he, he just wanted to start a new life here in, in the United States. I see. So he was a widower and met your mother here in the United States. Is that correct? Pardon? Uh, did, what did your father? Did your father and your siblings, um, when they moved to the United States, was your father a widower? Oh, he, my my father was a plumber, mm -hmm. and he, he yes he he became a citizen. Wonderful. And. Um, he and met my mother, and, and um, we had a, a wonderful family of eight. Wonderful. Five new, five new um, uh, children, and um, and the three that he brought. Wow, that's wonderful. Now, can you talk a little bit, Sally, about your childhood and your family life? Yes, I I, um, I was the youngest of the children, and um, I was surrounded with love. I will say that uh, that I was fortunate in that, that my brothers and sisters all loved me because I was a little one, mm -hmm. and um, it made my life full from there on out. And um, I remember one time, um, my brothers, uh, three of my brothers were going to, they said they were going to BAB, and I wanted to go with them, and they were, why can't I go to BAB? You can't come with us. And um, then I told my mother, they were take me to BAB and she says I'll find out what BAB is all about <laughs> well uh, actually what these young boys all went to BAB was bare ass beach <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that is funny they wouldn't take me of course <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing they wanted. <laughs> yeah. And my my childhood was um, very wonderful because my older sisters sort of played the house with me. They dressed me and they curled my hair and did, you know I was their little little baby sister. So my life was wonderful. So would you, very, would you say you were spoiled? <laughs> loved. Oh, wonderful. That's wonderful. That's Never wonderful. wonderful. And so um, as a little girl growing up outside of Chicago, uh, what did you dream of becoming? What, what, what did you aspire to be as a little girl? I, I thought... I thought I'd be, I, I dreamed about being a lawyer. Okay. But that's what was my dream. 
I wanted to be a lawyer. And what happened was, I was in Indiana, and I wanted to go to, um, after high school, go to Indiana University and then to law school. Mm-hmm. And right after I graduated from high school, my mother said, we're going to California. I said, mother, I want to go to Indiana U. And she said, no, we're going to California and we're going next week. Oh, wow. All my plans were were changed. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we came to California and um, what I did was uh, at, at first it was very difficult, but then I then I um, found a way to. Um, oh, I, ha- I forgot to tell you something when I was young. Okay. Still going to high school because this is sort of a fun thing. Um, we were uh, were. In, Indiana's cold in the winter, very cold. Yes. And we wore skirts and, and, and anklets, as the girls did. And one time I decided that I would talk the girls into wearing pants, and I would wear pants <laughs> because it was cold and it was winter. Sure. So that we did, and that was my very first protest ever. <laughs> And um, we were taken into the um, principal's office, and and they had a fit at the school. And so our mothers were called, and she was absolutely defending me and defending all of us girls who decided we would wear uh, pants in the cold weather. So that was finally accepted. And so that was a, that was that your was first a, political uh, activism, huh? It was. That's and, wonderful. And I yes. love that your mother defended you. I love that she did. Yes. What a yeah! I love that she did it. Then she was a little a chubby little girl, and she came marching to. <laughs> and there was my mom on my side. Oh, was a. Yes. I, I love it. What a wonderful memory. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. Now, why did your family decide to move to California? I assume this is post-World War II? Yes, it was. Um, I had four brothers in the, in, in the service and who were in the service during the war. And um, they all came home alive, thank heavens. One lost his arm, his right arm. But other than that, they all survived. And then they, uh, we, my mom moved and dad moved to um, Alhambra, um, California. And uh, so, that's where I. That's where I lived with my with my folks, and I went to school. Um, I love no. First, I got a job with Lockheed. I got a job as riveter. Oh, you and were a riveter at Lockheed. I did. 
I was taught, and I they they sent me to riveting school, learned how to be a riveter, and I was um, working for Lockheed at Lockheed as a riveter, and I only lasted about two weeks. They somebody came and said, "We have a, we're promoting you to a new job," and so I was I had to give up the riveting. And I was given um, roller skates and uh-huh. was to deliver blueprints to the um, to all of the men in this who were working in this great huge hall as 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 um, like a messenger girl, right? Uh, yes, yes. And so that was a great job on roller skates. <laughs> Because it was a huge facility, I can imagine. It was huge. And so I had to deliver these blueprints to these men, and it was wonderful. And that was the first real job that I ever had. Now, this was at Lockheed. Was this in El Segundo? Do you remember what city the Lockheed facility was in? Boy, I, I know I took a bus from Alhambra. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, I, I know I had to get up at five in the morning to oh. take this bus. And so I, I can't tell you exactly where it was. Sure. And so how long did you work or, or roller there, skate at Lockheed? <laughs> yeah, I worked there um, probably the most six months. And then, then I went back to school, college. I went to um, art school. And, and I went uh, before the art school, I went to Pasadena City College. Wonderful. Uh, and, and from there, I went to uh, Art Center School of Design because I was very interested in art. Well, and I, I could tell by the artwork behind you, Sally, that you are so talented. Now, well, is that it, oil that I'm looking at? Did you study oil painting? What did you study at the art center? Mostly, uh, mostly live um, uh, drawing live uh, women and men mm-hmm. um, because you learned if you could draw a man or a woman, and you could draw anything because of the the the. the shadows and the curves and the mm-hmm. stri- it, it really was a, a wonderful experience and so i that's what i learned to do um at art center school and it was i also learned advertising design at the school and from there I, most of my career has was in advertising design okay okay um before we continue on with your post, um, with your college and um, schooling, I want to step back a little bit and go back to your high school years, um, and and your family. Your when you're you know growing up in your family, how would you cons- how would you compare your experience as a girl in your large family um, compared to the experience the boys had in your family? Was there um, was there a difference between the way your your brothers got treated compared to you and your sisters? 
Well, there is was a difference because at home, uh, when we grew up, there was two schools. There was a Catholic Central High, and there was the public Roosevelt High School. And mo all of my siblings chose Catholic Central High, and I chose, uh, as the youngest, I, I didn't, I decided I would go to the Roosevelt High School. So that was a totally different um, four years of, of education and social uh, life. Mm -hmm. it was all, there was a um, ice cream parlor in, in, in town. There were two ice cream parlors in town. And one of the ice cream parlors my friends and I uh, spent every after-school time uh, at that ice cream parlor. And other groups spent their time at, at the other ice cream parlor. So I, it was a, a strange thing that we sort of separated our, mm -hmm. our two different groups of people. Almost public school and private school, different yeah. little groups, yeah. Yes, yes. And um, and why did you choose to go to the public school? Was it to be different from your siblings or? I think, I think a couple of my girlfriends were going to go to the public school and I wanted to go with them. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's the reason. Nothing to do with my wanting to be different because I, we all were different and, you know, I... We, my folks were wonderful. They um, let us all do, become what we wanted to become and do what we wanted to do. And they were really supportive of us, all of us. And it was a beautiful life, actually. Mm -hmm. So looking back now, Sally, what values did you acquire from your family, from your mom and dad? Loyalty. Loyalty above everything else. Loyalty and trust. Loyalty to the family, loyalty to the country. And to the family mm -hmm. and to our friends. Mm -hmm. And and my, my mother, uh, you know, she had um, four, four sons and they all served in World War II and so she had um, four uh, stars in her window, and they all came home. Thank God. And um, but but uh, that was loyalty to the country. But really, my loyalty was to my family. Yes, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now um, you mentioned the the wonderful memory of being called into the principal's office because you had organized a pant day on a cold yes. winter morning. Uh, were you politically engaged at all during high school? Were you? No, no I was not. I was not even interested in, 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 in politics at all. And um, I, I became um, after high school, I became interested in volunteering um, for um, political 
uh, well, I have to go back. I, um, all of my friends were in, at the period of a, where they were saying, I like Ike. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I thought I liked Ike too, except I saw um, Stevenson. And I heard Stevenson, Adlai Stevenson, on the, on the radio, and I was absolutely taken with him. Before that, I wasn't interested in politics at all. But Adlai Stevenson really attracted me. And I told, I told my folks, I, I heard this wonderful man, and now what do I do? I, and my mother said, you just join a democratic club. There is one around you, and you can find out where and become part of that. And that's what I did. I love and, that. I, now, was your mom politically active? Did you, do you, do you remember her political um, position? They were, they, they were Democrats, but not, you know, they had all the children and they weren't, they didn't have time to really do too much politically. Sure, they had their hands full. Pardon? They had their hands full. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did. So your mom encouraged you to join the local Democratic Club. Now, is this in California or is this back in Indiana? It was in California when I okay. did that. And it was a um, congressional district uh, club. And so um, I got to know a, a lot of people who were involved. And I was... I was quite taken with it. I, I really enjoyed it. And um, then I became then um, one of the locals, Harvey Johnson, uh, was running for the state assembly. And so I volunteered to actively, actively, actively uh, uh, campaign for it. Now, were you walking precincts, Sally? Were you stuffing yes. envelopes? What were you doing yes. for Harvey? Door to door and stuffing envelopes and doing everything that that one needs to do to to, to get help someone be elected. And Harvey was elected, and so I was I uh, volunteered. Uh, he asked me to to. to work for him part-time temporarily. And I said, oh yes, I would be happy to do that. And that part-time temporary job became a full-time <laughs> tenure, uh, tenure job. And it was a wonderful, I was his administrative assistant for 10 years and, and I learned a lot about the state politics and mm-hmm. I was fascinated by it. Now how old are you at this point when you start uh, uh, volunteering for Harvey before he was elected to the state assembly? I, I'm sorry for, to Congress correct? In the 40s. Uh-huh. You're in, in your the, 40s? Yes. Okay. Because I know that I was just exactly 50 when I run for office. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Let's, I want to get there, but I want to slow up a bit. Um, so 
at, so you've moved out here to California with your mom and dad, and you've enrolled in art school. Um, what was your first real job after you finished your education? My first real job was hired in a art department. It was all men. All men, mm -hmm. and um, were not happy that I was joined. That I joined them, and it was a strange art department. What we were designing was bottle caps, believe it or not. Oh, okay. And and doing a lot of small drawings on on these bottle caps. But anyway. They didn't like me to begin with, but we all became really good tight friends. It was great. And from there, I went to, um, I was in, 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 I, I'm trying to remember exactly. I, was, I went to the El Monte Herald newspaper. Mm -hmm. Uh, ad, advertising manager for the uh, uh, El Monte Herald newspaper. So I drew up all of the ads and uh, actually sold some ads. And, and uh, you would lay it out on, I remember the, the I used to work at the LA Times in the, oh, so, yeah, no. so I remember that the, 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 the place. Yeah. I love laying out the ads. Mm -hmm. I love doing that. And then after I, I left there, I went on a job with Lieger, Lieber's, Lieber's department store. And they had two department stores. And I was their ad manager. And I was given a budget. And it was up to me to decide what to um, advertise. And I would get to walk around the store and find out from the people what was on sale and what really did they want to push. And then I would lay out the ads and it was, it was, it was a grand uh, job and a grand opportunity. And this is what the fifties I would imagine. Yes. Yes. That's wonderful. You had a lot of room for creativity. It sounds like it was, it was wonderful. Now let's, um, Let's, um, let me ask you a question regarding um, the workplace, because you mentioned at your first job, um, the men were a little resentful towards you because you were a female in their um, department. Did you find that, was that a common situation when you went from um, job as, you, as your career advanced? Was there resentment towards you because of your gender? I I can feel a, a little bit of resentment to begin with, and then I would I, I I didn't let it bother me, and it would work out. It would work. We get to know each other, and and it worked out fine. And I I think that well, actually, I I um, I was so interested in in the fact women were treated differently that when I was, uh, when I, once I was elected, I did carry a bill to make sure that women were paid as men for the same kind of work. So but my early um, 
experiences with working and getting less than men did um, made a big difference to me and, and made a, and me recognize how important it was that women be treated fairly and not be discriminated against. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you ever find out that you were being paid less than your um, counterparts? Oh, sure. That's, uh, I, uh, sure, everybody knew that I was paid It was less. common knowledge, yeah. Yes. Fascinating, fascinating. Now, um, so you're, you're working in this, you're running the art department, the advertising department for this department store, and how old are you at this point? Well, I... Um, Forties. I uh, because I I was married by then. Okay. I I got married and I had two children, two two boys that I still have. <laughs> two wonderful sons, and we're, we're we're we love each other and we're friends. Besides, and it's it, it's a it's wonderful. Um, I lost my place. <laughs> That's okay. Let's let's go back to um, how did you meet your spouse? How did you meet your husband? Well, I met him because I was uh, working at the El Monte Herald, and I was, as I mentioned, I was laying out advertising, and I also sold some. So I, I sold him. He, was, he owned a shoe repair shop. And I sold him an ad. Oh, and so that's how we got to know each other. And his name? It was Paul A. Tanner. Paul A. Tanner, okay. And he lived in Alhambra. His shoe shop was in Alhambra. He, he, he lived in, um, no, he, he didn't. He lived, the shoe shop was in El Monte. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and he was living near there. And so uh, we we married, and I I mean, believe that we first um, moved to a, an apartment in Almaty. Uh huh. Not, I'm not certain about that because I I haven't reviewed that in, for this uh, interview. Oh. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Now, after you married Paul, um, what and did we you call him Pat, by the way, because it was Paul Albert Tanner. So okay. It was Pat. Pat. Pat for short. Now, um, how how long after dating did you marry Pat? Pardon? How long did you date before you married Pat? I I think maybe six months. Maybe six months, maybe three months. I, oh, I wow. Know, short time. Short time. And, short time. And did your parents like him? Yes. Yes, my parents and my siblings liked him. Wonderful. And um, after you married Pat, uh, how long was it before your first child was born? And uh, about, about a year. Uh-huh. And who, and who was the first boy? And Tim. Timothy was the first boy. Timothy Tanner. And, um, and well, then Chris came along, 
he actually was born in the back seat of the car. Oh my goodness. On the way to the hospital? On the way to the hospital. You got to share I, that story with us. I told Pat, I said, I, we have to have a neighbor go with us because I think the baby's coming right away. And Pat said, oh no, that's not. So I said, yes. I won't go unless you you, you get a neighbor. And, he, and he, so he got the fellow next door. His name was Bob Robbins. And Bob was sitting in the front seat with Pat, and I was lying in the back seat, and I was having labor pains. Oh, and all, my goodness. All of a sudden, the baby arrived. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Said, the baby's here. And Bob jumped over to to the um, um, the back seat and helped me. And um, when we got to the, well, oh, I I did mention I have a sister living nearby. And I'm, before I went, I told her that I was going to have the baby right away. So she called the. And so when we arrived at the hospital, the oh, doctor God. was waiting, her, which is wonderful. And he took the baby and the placenta. He took that and he ran. And I left me <laughs> and my husband was so um, confused and upset that when I, my husband started to go without me, and then I said, I want to go to the hospital. And so... I, I, I was holding a towel between my legs as I went, you know, instead of having a, a wheelchair, I was walking. Oh, my God, Sally. It was an experience, you know, having the baby in the car. And then my husband got so nervous he didn't know how to handle it. And it was an experience. Oh, my God. Oh, my. So, Chris... Chris just couldn't wait to, to come home, to come out. And, and he, and, um, he was in the hospital. Well, Tim was in the hospital. He was premature. He was uh, placenta previa. And so he had to stay in the hospital. And I came home without Tim. Without Tim, uh-huh. Yeah. And then, and that's a heartbreaking thing to do. Leave your yes. baby in the hospital. And have yes. To come yeah. And so then when I had Chris, he he was premature. And so he had to stay in the hospital until he was at least five pounds. So, oh, they were um, little. They were little babies. Yeah, little. And um, so... I had to leave him in the hospital and had to come home without the baby. Terrible. That's it's hard. Crushing for yes. a while. Absolutely. But then, but then um, finally he um, got to the size where we could bring him home, and uh, my mom came and helped me with the baby. I was scared to death of the baby. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and but it um, 
it worked out just beautifully. And um, I have these two wonderful sons. My husband and I divorced. Um, he, In what year? Do you remember? He, it was probably in in the early 60s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and how old were the boys at this time? There were small boys. There were okay. you know, little, little boys. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Tim maybe was 12. And, and Chris was maybe eight. Or I'm guessing. I'm not sure. Exactly. But I know that I took the boys and I and I left home and Pat said, no, I'll go. You stay at the house. You and the boys stay at the house and I'll leave, which was much better, of course. But um, I, and I, I had to work because he never, he never sent me any um, money. Child support. None, none, oh. none. And, and he never even sent the boys a birthday card or Christmas card. He just, he just left us, you know. And, and he didn't, he didn't maintain a relationship with his sons. None. Oh, I'm none. sorry, Sally. And, 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 and Later, when just before he died, the boys went to visit him, and he apologized to them. He said, "I'm sorry, I was such a poor father." And of course, that and we had my my boys and I have a really good, strong, loving relationship. We enjoy each other, and we. And the boys love each other. When they see each other, they kiss and put their arms around one another. And and of course, they, I I love them very much, and they love me. And so it it's a it's a it's a great relationship. I'm sure you, I can Until tell you are a wonderful mother. Well, I I think I'm a good mother. Yes. Chris lives in New York. He's an artist. And Tim is an artist as well, but he is married. And he lives um, uh, close, a city very close to mine. He lives in Rio Dell, and which is, he's, he moved there from Sacramento so that he could be close to me. Oh, that's nice. Yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, do you have grandchildren, Sally? I. I have no grandchildren, uh, but but I have um, Tim married uh, a young lady who has children. Oh, good. So I consider those girls my grandchildren. For some reason, uh, well, uh, Chris never married, and um, so he doesn't have any children. And um, Tim tried to have children and it, it, it didn't work out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, but i have those uh, uh, christian's daughters 
I consider them my grandchildren. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, so you got divorced in the early 60s. You met Pat while you were working at the El Monte newspaper. Um, and then you yes. were, and then you had to go back to work after the divorce. During that time, yes. were you working or were you not working? Were you just, were you raising your sons? I, I worked and raised my son. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were working the whole time as well? Yes, yes. Okay. And um, uh, so, so you're, you go back to work. Um, what, how did your parents feel about the divorce? Um, my parents, my, my father uh, said, now, Sally, you're not going to move in on, to us just because you got a divorce. And I, I, I didn't like that because I didn't have any intention of moving there. Sure. But my mother was very supportive. And and she liked Pat, and Pat really loved my mother. Didn't love me, but he loved my my mother. <laughs> and so they 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 had a nice relationship, and which was which was good for as far as I was concerned because of the children. Mm -hmm. But he uh, he really was not a a great dad, which is too bad. Yeah, but, but the boys had you, so yeah, it's wonderful. Now, um, as a young mother with two sons, um, what made you get politically involved? I know you had mentioned earlier that um, Stevenson had kind of perked your interest, and then you met Harvey, um, but, but how, how did, did Stevenson start that political curiosity for you? How did that develop? Well, um, because uh, because I was impressed with Adlai Stevenson, I did find my mother suggested I find um, Democratic Club in the area and, and join, and which I did. And I met um, people who were very much had very much the same feelings that I did um, about life and the right thing to do and um, I, I, I they were wonderful they the congressman was uh, his name was Mike Thompson and he was absolutely um, a fine congressman and, and uh, it was worth worth supporting his my time just supporting him because he was so good and um, I just, I just from there, I just one, I, I would, went to after I worked for Harvey, I got a job with uh, when Harvey retired, I got a job with George, uh, Congressman George Danielson, and. Um, I worked for him for a while, and I had a another. There was a man who was also had a job, and he was, had been working 
for um, George Danielson before I did. And his um, uncle was a great donor to uh, Danielson's campaign. And so he was a, and for some reason, I guess a, a feeling that this fellow um, worker had about me, against me. Um, George let me go. And so I was, you know, I, I cleaned up my desk and a couple of weeks later, I filed for the reassembly. I decided to run for office myself. Good for you, Sally. Good I for you. I decided I wasn't going to be beaten by, by, by someone who didn't like me and then caused the, the congressman to let me go. So I ran. I had this buddy, boyfriend, and he and I walked door to door for six months. And it was the most wonderful experience. One, one, that one door, well, it wasn't a door. There was a garage door was open and an older man was sitting at a chair in, in the garage and there were young men around him. And <clears throat> I walked in and I said, I'm Sally Tanner and I'm running for the assembly and I would appreciate your vote. And he asked the one young man what I said. And the man told, the young man told him in Spanish what I said. I see. Had this conversation, three-way conversation for a long time. And he said um, in, in Spanish, what are you going to do for us? And the boy asked me, I don't know. I don't know. And he said, the man, the older man said in English, you don't know. I trust you. You're being honest to me and I'm going to vote for you and every one of my family will vote for you. He said that. To I me. love it. So he, he, he spoke English the whole time. Another door that I went to um, the, the woman said, I want you to meet my husband. And she called her husband and he said, oh, do you like music? And I said, I love music. And for all the 14 years that I was in office, he and his three friends wore these costumes, these mariachi costumes, <laughs> and performed for me for all those years. I love it. Wouldn't charge me a dime. Oh. Did it for 14 years. So I want to talk a little bit about the ethnic makeup of the assembly district in a little bit, but I want to step back. So you're working for Harvey Johnson as his administrative assistant for 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, you decide to, or I believe Harvey, Harvey retires and you get this position with uh, Congressman Danielson. At this point in your life, do you consider yourself a political activist? How, how does Sally Tanner view herself at this point as a staffer? 
Yes, I, I have to consider myself a political activist. And, and um, I, I still have the same feelings that, that I had then. I am, am uh, I believe in women having a fair fair earning the same as a matter of fact I carried a bill and, and authored a bill that that said that women should who were making 57 cents uh, an hour as men were making a dollar an hour the bill required equal pay for equal work and I was really proud of that bill because it's a very important opportunity for women to have, because often women are raising their families alone. Absolutely. You know, without the help of men, often. And so I felt equal pay absolutely necessary and that's what I uh, I did I carried in, uh, a bill that required equal pay for the same type of work and when when did you was there a point in time or certain events that made you realize hey I I'm an activist I need to stand up for the underdog what was there ever a point that you can think of that 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 changed the way you thought of yourself politically or or thought of yourself in a political perspective from a political perspective I'm, I'm i'm right now off the top of my head i can't think mm -hmm. of yes but there there i was an activist so i i can't remember when that occurred to me maybe it happened with the pants <laughs> in high school Maybe, maybe that was maybe <laughs> the beginning. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. And, and my friend just pointed out that one of my first, first um, bills was drinking water, safe drinking water. Can you believe that there wasn't a requirement before that? That's monitor our drinking water, and and this is in the late seventies, correct, Sally? If I'm correct in putting a time frame to it. Well, I can I can tell you exactly when when that was. The bill was eighty. What? Eighty. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. That's that's shocking. That's shocking. Isn't it? And 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 when I was presenting that, uh, when you when you have a bill, you you present it to the committee that 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 it, that it would refer it to. For instance, uh, uh, the bill that I was. Uh, uh, I forget which committee was in, but I then went to the, then I had to take it up the uh, 
into Ways and Means Committee. And one of the men who was a speaker pro tem was reading a newspaper. He was sitting in the committee, but reading a newspaper. And I was getting some interest. And this, this is drinking water. This is what the bill was, a public drinking water. And, and I was getting some strange questions and arguments. And the man who was reading the newspaper put down the paper and said, don't you people understand? She's carrying a bill about the water we drink. Yeah. And he said, I vote the bill out. And they got an unanimous vote. Awesome. That's so awesome. That's so it was, awesome. You know, it was wonderful that he, it was amazing that it took someone up there who knew what he was doing to to say, now, look, see what's happening here. And, and so then the bill, I, then it, it passed out of ways and means and I got it out of the committee and uh, out of the, the assembly and it passed out of the Senate and it was a law. That's wonderful, Sally. That's wonderful. And especially as a, a legislator from Southern California carrying a water bill, water bill tends to be such a, a divisive issue in the state of California where Northern Californians, you know, are so knowledgeable on their water policy and Southern Californians just know that they open the tap up and the water's there, <laughs> right? Yes. And I, yeah, and because of where I lived, I also carried a clean air um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, bill. And, uh, and especially designed for a sensitive zone. Um, when I considered Los Angeles area a sensitive zone because mm -hmm. the fog was terrible in that area. So um, I was actively involved with clean air and clean water. Wonderful. And I do, and I do want to get to policy um, in a bit. Um, we're probably at the one hour mark right now. I just wanted to check in with you to see how you're feeling, how um, your energy level is. I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. Then let's go. I'll drink a little bit of water. Or I will too. <laughs> now, um, let's get back to your first uh, campaign for state assembly. So, Congressman Danielson, for some reason, lets you go from your staff position. And is that what motivated you to run for state assembly? Or was there a point during your career working for both the state assemblyman and the congressman that you said to yourself, I can do what they're doing? Um, when he let me go, that's when I decided, hey, I'm not going to cry about this. And I'm not going to uh, feel guilty or feel lesser than a woman than what I am, I'm going to, I'm going to run for the assembly. Uh, did I'm you have, that's a, that's such a courageous and ambitious 
a move. It was uh, ambitious, and and uh, this fellow that I was dating walked door to door with me for six months. It wasn't an easy um, win. I got to know the entire district, and so then when it was time for me to run, there were I there were five men running at the same time in the primary. Is this the primary? Yes, yes. You had five Democrat men and you. Holy cow. Pardon? So it was five Democrat men and you in the Democrat and then, primary. And, and, then, and then these men uh, brought in another woman to run. Oh, you're kidding me. Uh, no. And to cut back and, and actually um, a Hispanic woman. Oh. To cut on my, yeah. On your women, women vote. vote. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it made me just all the, all the more certain I was going to win. I love your I, attitude. I was during the campaign as I went to Maxine Waters' office, and she was, she's a, 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 an assemblywoman at that time. And, um, so I asked her secretary, I said, I'd like to see um, Assemblywoman Waters if, if she's available. And um, the secretary called and he, she said, no, she's very busy. Um, and I said, well, that's fine. I do, you just tell her that Sally Tanner is running for the assembly and is going to win and I'll, I'll see her then. Immediately, <laughs> she came out. She came out, <laughs> and she said, well, let me meet you. If you're going to win, if you if I love have attitude, I'll help you. And she did. Now, Sally, were you, uh, were you taking Harvey Johnson? Did Harvey Johnson retire, and you step up and take his spot? Is that what happened? I, he... I, he retired, and I was trying to run for his spot, but so were all these other people. Right. Now, were you able, while you, in, during your time when you worked for Harvey, were you able to establish relationships that helped you in your campaign? I did. Okay. I did. I, that's what, what was, because I was a, I was his AA, a, a, and as administrative assistant, and I went out and was in contact with people all the time in in the district. I did that kind of work. Uh, I so I, everybody had to get through you to get to Harvey. Is that correct? Yes. yes. And so uh, it was when it was time for me to run. It it helped. I knew everyone, and Harvey also endorsed me. Oh, he did! Fabulous, yeah. fabulous. Yeah, it was wonderful, and and I did win, and I won handily. I mean, I worked really hard. I mean, I I, I took it seriously, and and um, and I had I had two children, and no no husband with help, no help. Did that get thrown in your face that you were a single mother during the campaign? Do you remember? I think people understood. 
people didn't, it wasn't a negative thing. Oh, good. People really did understand and, and they accepted it. They were wonderful. Uh, you know, the fact that I went door to door and I, you know, I, I, I spoke with so many people and, and met so many people and, and got to know the district mm -hmm. much better than, than, it was a little bit different too. There had been reapportionment. And so the district was a little different from Harvey's district. Uh-huh. Did it become and, more Hispanic at this point? Uh, Did it become more Hispanic uh, at this it, point? No, I think, no, it didn't become more Hispanic. I think there, it became more Anglo uh, because uh, some of the cities that, that now we're in the district where we're more Anglo. But so I, you're, I actually, I, I actually know that district very well. I grew up in Whittier. So did, did the 60th pick up Whittier and Diamond Bar at this point? Uh, no, okay. no. Um, my, speaking, you, you, you grew up in Whittier? I did. My best friend, my very best and dearest friend, was Patricia Hofstetter. Yes, she was, was a judge at Whittier Court, right? Yes. That's and she, wonderful. And she, she and I bought the house we were I'm living in now. Okay. And she and I fished together and did, uh, she was the dearest friend anyone could ever have. Now, did and, you know Patricia at this point when you're running for the state assembly or not yet? I... Yes, I did. I knew her because I had joined this 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 um, congressional district Democratic a club. Remember, I mentioned yes, that. You mentioned. And she was she was one of the key. She and 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 another member of that, that club got up. Every time you turned around, it would be Mr. Chairman. I have something to say. And Pat was act, uh, very active. And I was awestruck by this and woman who had all the courage to get up and, and, and speak on all of these different subjects. Anyway, she was remarkable. That's and awesome. yeah. And so I thought I could never do that. But look but, at you. <laughs> so um, before you, before we go on with your legislative career, um, when you decided to run for the state assembly, did you sit your boys, did you sit Chris and Tim down and talk to them about it? Did you have a family meeting? What was their reaction to all this? I said, I, I, said, um, I, I think I'm going to run and would you like to help me? And both of them said, "Yo, yeah." I said, "You want to walk door to door with me, or or hand out literature?" Oh, yes, we would love it, mom. And they were and, teenagers, I assume, at this point. Yeah, and they were wonderful. Of course, they 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 helped me, and they uh, they were wonderful. Were your parents alive when you ran for the state assembly? No. Oh, okay. 
and a biggest disappointment for many because would they have loved it? Yes. They would have absolutely loved it. And they were both gone by oh, then. I know your mom is so proud of you. I know she is. I know she, and your dad, of course, and your dad. So, okay, so you decide to run for state assembly. What was your platform on this first election? What were the issues that you were out there talking about at this point in time? I, 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 I felt that it was important that our children had a, have a good education. I felt it was important that, that the community here was, was um, recognized as a, as a, a, um, a Latina and, and Anglo community and uh, recognized that, that this is a way people get along together and and are, can be successful. And that was more or less what I had in mind. Um, one of the, I was going to say one of the, my best friends, but she wasn't my best friend until after I was elected. But uh, one of my best friends, uh, my very best friend in the assembly was um, Marion LaFollette, and she's a, a, a conservative Republican, and, we be, and I'm a, a liberal Democrat, <laughs> and we became dear friends, and we, to this day, are dear friends. I, I said to her the other day, I don't like um, Trump. And she said, I like him. <laughs> <That's the difference. laughs> and we love each other still. Uh, you could teach us all so, so much just by that. I love that. I love that. Now, um, if you talk to Marion, Sally, I'm actually trying to get a hold of Marion. I don't have a good phone number for her. So oh, maybe, so maybe Mary can give it to me at a later time. Yeah, she will. I want I want to show you a photograph. I don't know if you can see this. Yes, I can see it. Oh, I love those, it. Those are the women. There were 120 members in the legislature. These, this is the number of women. I love it. And where are you? There are 11 women here. I love it. And where are you in the photo? Well, I'm standing with Marion LaFollette. I'm right okay, here. Okay, okay. And there's Marion LaFollette. I love and it. Can you seat And that's Gwen Moore, who was my seatmate mm -hmm. for um, um, most of the 14 years. Oh. And, <laughs> yeah, she's a black woman. And um, she, she told me, Sally, you're the most colorblind person I've ever known. Oh, that's beautiful. I can't think of a nicer comment. That's Wasn't wonderful. that a nice, wonderful thing for her to say that I'm the most colorblind person? I love it. I love it. Now, um, let's go back to your campaign for a minute. Um, so you told me you walked a lot and you did, um, you met with your constituents. How were the Democratic clubs uh, supportive of your campaign at this point, or the or, or the Democratic organizations. I 
there was there there really wasn't a, there was a um, Democratic club, but no, but they didn't get involved. Okay. Yeah, during I think the primary. They were supportive, but they didn't get actively involved. Now, was this a staunch Democrat seat when you ran for it? Yes. Okay, so it was but, a safe but, Dem seat. But pretty Hispanic. What um, would you say the, the, the breakdown was of the population? I would, I would say at least 50%. Oh, wow. Okay. It was really heavily Hispanic um, a, a district. And um, I... I uh, I, I didn't even learn to speak uh, Spanish, <laughs> thank you. But I loved, they they accepted me and I loved them. Um, excuse me. No, it's I loved those, the people in my district and it was a, a beautiful 14 years. I'm sure, um, I'm sure they sensed your appreciation for their culture. You're a very warm person. I'm sure they sense that. I, I, they knew that I loved it. Um, they knew because it was, it was a, a very warm relationship we had. And uh, I had, I hired uh, a couple Hispanic um, people to work mm -hmm. Uh, my staff, field reps, uh huh. My district staff, uh huh. And um, I had a woman who was the secretary, and she was uh, not Hispanic. But I'll tell you, I have never experienced such beautiful loyalty and love. And and I think about her, and I just it makes me feel warm all over. She oh, was warm. I love that. I love that. Um, what were some of the obstacles that you faced um, as a newly elected legislator? Did you feel intimidated uh, by Sacramento and any of that? Never felt intimidated. Good. Never. Good for you. How I had you... a nice, good staff in Sacramento, and I, I felt, you know, I, I knew I was a member. I, as a matter of fact, this was an interesting thing. Um, we, um, Duke Medjin had a, a luncheon uh, for the members, and and he had the men sit with him and the women sit with his wife. And after the, after the luncheon, I, I told his, one of his, his staffer that I had, was very upset about it. And I would like to talk with uh, Dick Majin about it because I, I feel that he was discriminating against women. And um, he and I became really good friends. I love and, it. And he understood, you know, that, that, that I was, 
I was right. He understood that that was not the way it should have been done because we had, we members, the Republic, the women and the men are equally uh, important. Our votes are the same, are equally important. Absolutely. And so anyway, he did, he, he, I had during, during that period of time, I had, um, both breasts removed with breast cancer. And Duke Majin was extremely warm and caring about that. That's wonderful. That's was, wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. Um, before we get into, into that administration, um, what were what were the cities when you when you first got into office? What were some of the cities that were in your district in the 60th Assembly District? Can, can you El Monte, Baldwin Park, La Puente, the city of Irwindale, and parts of West Covina, mm -hmm. and Baldwin Park. Did I mention? Wonderful. Great, yeah. great. And um, how did environmental issues become important to you? Well, there was a, a terrible environmental accident um, in, in, I think in the Pomona area, um, somewhere near my area. And um, I, I, was, I was very upset about it. And um, that's, that's when I first decided that I would make sure that, that groundwater and air would be clean, would, be, would have the, the Department of Health Services would be required to monitor water, drinking water and, and 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 toxic air contaminants, and and has been you know it, it stayed with me throughout my career that kind of clean uh, water and, and and clean air uh, legislation, and uh, and I worked on that throughout my career. These are very complex and difficult issues not only to understand, but to help resolve. Did you have a group of advisors that helped you uh, with these issues? I had a, a, a consultant, was my, my chief consultant, mm -hmm. who was absolutely brilliant and understood these issues and, and, and taught me to understand them. Mm -hmm. And um, he worked with me throughout my career, and and he he was brilliant, and I think you know he he was more responsible than I was for all the good legislation. And his name in. is his name uh, Ani Ani Peters. Peters, okay, wonderful. Peters. Wonderful. Now, just because we're talking about water, um, I used to be friends with Harriet Weeder. Do you remember Harriet at all? She was an Orange County supervisor. She also dealt with water 
from the Huntington Beach area? And I, I am vague, vague, vague memory. Okay, I just thought I'd ask. Um, so you're dealing with all of these complex environmental issues for LA County that is dealing with smog, congestion, all of these things. Um, did you ever feel overwhelmed by the monstrosity of these issues? These are big issues. Did you ever feel um, no. like it was too big to too big of a task? No, I didn't. Okay. I, I think. All, all the time I felt, oh, there's a way to do this, and I can do this, and there is a way, and I will get to know the people, and they will, I will get help. And I knew, I felt really strong about it. I, I, I knew that I could do it. Now, was there, were you working with the air quality, with the AQMD at this point? Uh, to the air quality management district at this point, or um, who were your allies? Well, uh, yes, they were, and the um, the I forget the name of the group from the cities. They were absolutely uh, of great value to me, uh-huh. and um, the. <clears throat> Management. Um, well, I, 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 it's hard for me to, excuse me. Um, I knew the subject. I felt strongly about the subject, and I was able then to to get people interested in, in helping me, and um, I, she's handed me a note, but I can't. Oh, <laughs> oh I took some field trips on, 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 uh, and on hazardous waste facilities. Got it. You'd be surprised how, how how poorly they were managed, and so I I carried legislation to um, manage hazardous waste materials because the 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 hazardous hazardous waste is poisonous, and this this they it would migrate into the into the soil and down into the water, mm-hmm. and then was contaminated and that's what I worked very hard to change so you did your homework yeah I, I certainly did and and, I believe it too and so would you say that your greatest ability was to was coalition building Pardon? do you think your ability to create a coalition around a around a a topic around an issue helped you in in policy. Oh yes, oh, yes. helped great deal. Wonderful. Because because people who were in, interested in the subject, who were concerned about it, got very much involved, and that great help. Wonderful, wonderful. Now you were instrumental in helping Willie Brown 
become the first, uh, California's first African-American speaker of the assembly. Is that correct? I was one of the people who was among the leaders in, in, in getting him to run and, and successfully um, getting elected speaker. Can you share with us a little bit of that story? Well, here's this wonderful man um, who wanted to be speaker and who had, uh, who believed in, 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 in a fair employment, believed in um, opportunities for women, believed in the clean air and clean water and the things that I believed in. So I was very actively involved in, in getting him elected speaker because I believed it. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, yeah. were you uh, by... He was, he, I think he was an outstanding speaker. Wonderful. He was wonderful. He, he was a good, great friend. I have a photo that him and me, Bipartisan. and uh, I, I want to share that photo with you. She's going to get it. Wonderful. We were having a real serious, we were up, at, at, up near the front desk and having a serious conversation. And I think it shows. <laughs> he was, he was, a, he's a brilliant man. He, um, he knew how to work with people. He had the support of many Republican members, which I think is, is, is interesting because you don't see that today. No, but, you don't. And, and she found the, the photo. Yeah. This one? No. This one? on the side for you. No, that, let's see. That's not it. This isn't it. It was that one. <laughs> it just, it's just it's not him. really on me. No. No. No, that's, that's, that's an interesting photo. That's, that's Bishop Tutu. This is an interesting photo. I thought that was William Brown. And this is. Bring on this side. Sally Ride. Oh, yes. Oh, poor Sally Ride. Right. Yeah. Isn't that great? Oh, that's a beautiful photo. I love it. <laughs> Oh yeah, that, this is a picture that I of William me. Oh, can you pull it back a little bit? Yeah, I'll hold it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You guys are having a serious discussion. Look Isn't at your body crazy? language. I love it. I love that. And you're right there with him. You're like, yeah, I'm your equal, buddy. I love it. That good? That's a great photo. 
that's, yeah, a that's great, great photo. Thank you so, for sharing that. I was very serious about my work. And it showed in that photo. It showed. Thank you. It showed. Now, um, when you said you were helping Willie to get the speaker's office, um, were you, what, did that entail lobbying your party? Did that entail counting votes on the floor? What did that, what it, did that? It, it, it was a lot of lobbying. I did a lot of lobbying. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was, well, it was an easy sell. <laughs> it really was. I mean, I can't. I think he won. He won the speakership. It wasn't that I. I, I helped him. <coughs> Excuse me. Sure. <coughs> I. <coughs> I helped him, um, but he he really won. I, I, he was, he was so, so outstanding. Um, now, once Willie became Speaker of the Assembly, he created, as you know, the state's first standing committee on the environment, the Environmental Safety and Toxic Materials Committee. And he appointed you as its first chair. He did. Now, tell, tell us about that. Did you... Was that was this committee your idea? How did this come about? He, 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 I was very actively involved with the, <coughs> excuse me, with with the um, solid waste and, and and hazardous waste and the uh, the idea of waste in in the state, and so yes, he he decided to have a standing committee and it just would automatically because I was so much involved um, appointed me chair. Was this a surprise appointment for you or did you kind of know it was coming down the line? I was pleased. Oh good. Oh good. And yeah. how how were your how did your colleagues react to the chair? They 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 were pleased. They, my colleagues, I, I named, um, I put together a committee, and um, my committee worked well together. Um, we did a lot of uh, uh, really important environmental legislation, and uh, my committee was made up of, of um, um, Republicans and Democrats, mm -hmm. and it was, it was we were successful. We were very successful. Sally, did you have um, trash uh, waste management sites on your district? Did you have trash dumps? I, I can't I can't grasp the right terminology for it. But did you have trash dumps in your district? There was that. That's why I got interested because of a a uh, spill in a neighboring uh, city, not in, in my district, but okay. neighboring city. And it was a, um, a very dangerous and toxic spill. Uh -huh. And that's why I- Was it in the city of industry? 
It's the well, issue. Industry, industry was part of my district. Oh, so okay. Okay. It was, you know, the, I'm thinking Pomona area. Okay. Area. And um, so, so, uh, what was the question? So I, so I was just wondering if, if uh, I think you answered my question is that the, because of that toxic site, that's why you're yeah. involved in environmental yeah. issues. Now, um, uh, just a few minutes ago, you showed us a picture of you and all the other women legislators in Sacramento. And I think uh, there was 11, right? Of those 11, how common was it to have a woman chair an important committee? It was very uncommon. It was not, it was, um, the reason I, I would guess, the reason I was made chair, appointed chair of the committee was because I was so deeply involved with the environmental um, laws. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, the problem and the need for environmental laws. And so I, I would guess that that, well, I know that that's the reason he appointed the chair. So when he appointed you as chair, did you also see it as kind of helping to crack the the ceiling, the glass ceiling for women in Sacramento? You know, you know we, the fact that there were so few of us as with 120 members, there were actually 12 of women when I was f first involved. Oh, so those 12 were both Assembly and Senate? Yes. Sen okay. Republican and Democrat, Assembly and Senate. All, Got it. All the women, 12. Um, and the, there were 11 in that photograph, and, and Maxine Waters was the 12th, and she was not in the photograph for some reason. Uh -huh. but we... When we formed a, a caucus, the men really were a, a little bit afraid. And for good reason, <laughs> because we decided that we would meet once a month at least and discuss bills that related to women or children. And we would decide to support those bills, whether we're in the Senate or Republican or Democrat. Um, and it was very, very, uh, when we decided it was a caucus bill, the, the men, for some reason, wouldn't dare oppose us. Of course, that's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. So didn't. And we, we, we were really, it was a very successful caucus. How did, how did the California Legislative Women's Caucus come about? Um, two of us pulled it together. Uh, Bev Hansen, who was a Republican, and I, and we put the, caucus together and strangely enough after years of not too many years but after all of our success a, a new batch of women were elected and 
And one of the women was horrified to think that we were rotating the chairmanship so that Republicans and Democrats would be chair. And she was horrified to think that a, a Republican woman could be chair. Who was this legislator? Do you mind me asking? Um, who was who, this person? Yeah. yeah. I don't mind asking because it was Barbara Lee. Uh-huh. And she, and she ruined our caucus. She was from L.A., if I'm not mistaken. Is that yes. correct? Yeah, I remember and, her. And she was from um, Oakland, I think. Oh, Oakland. Oakland. Okay. And... Um, I, I'll never forgive her for it because it was a, and she's in Congress now. She's an, um, a member of Congress. And, you know, I, I think that our women, our, our caucus was able to, to, to put a lot of important legislation on the law, on the, uh, through, get it through and get it passed. And um, I don't know why one person could could change it, and why we allowed her to destroy the caucus is is is, is a question I'm I'm still having trouble dealing with. That's a shame because bipartisanship is something that we could definitely use right about now. <laughs> It was wonderful, and you know, my as I said, my best friend is uh, even today is is Marianne LaFollette, and and she she and I, she, you know, she, she I said I don't like Trump, and she said I'd like him. Yeah, and, you know, I love it. I love not, it. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. When you and Bev's first um, sat down to talk about maybe forming your own caucus, did you and Bev, considering that she was a Republican, did you initially start off with it would be a bipartisan organization that would work to advance women's I think issues? So. Yeah. Yeah. And so because it was going to be bipartisan, because it was bipartisan, were there certain issues that you decided from the, from the start that you would stay away from? No, there were certain issues that we would especially be involved with. And those were, uh, we, we never worried about staying away from an issue, but we wanted, were involved with, with, Issues relating to children or to women. Okay. Those were the, the issues that we were very much involved with. Great, great. So can you share some memories of working with uh, Marion LaFollette, Bev Hansen, Rebecca Morgan? Can you share some of those memories? What? Can you share some memories of working with some of the members of the Women's Caucus? Oh yes, I. It was well. I I know that the women enjoyed each other. We we enjoyed each other. We respected each other. I Roseanne Lewis, who was um, 
the first woman uh, to be in the in the state senate. Okay, as it was as just an amazing woman, and she was part of our caucus, and I loved her very much. And we we had, and of course, my seatmate. Well, all the women were involved, and and there weren't women. I mean, when I there were eleven women on that in that photograph, and um, Maxine Waters was was away when that photograph was taken. So there were twelve women. Twelve women. Can you believe twelve women of a hundred and twenty members? That's mind-boggling. And we were tough. <laughs> and we stuck together. I love it. That's the, that was the beauty of it. We we held together. And and when it was a purely partisan matter, we stayed away from. It. Sure. We just, and uh, which was sensible, and, and it was said, smart. It yeah. was smart. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so we just we t- we worked together on the issues that mattered to children and women. Wonderful. Wonderful. Let me let me take a pause right here for a moment, Sally. I'm going to pause the recording. Okay. This is an interview with Sally Tanner for the State of California Archives Project. The interview is being conducted at 10.38 a.m. on Monday, November 9th, 2020, and is being conducted via Zoom by Brenda St. Hilaire, who's located in Irvine, California, and Sally Tanner, who is in Ferndale, California. This is part two of your oral history interview. Sally, thanks so much for coming back for some more questions. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, We've had quite a busy week um, since you and I last met. Um, Our country decided on a new president. Very exciting. Very exciting. And we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, But I wanted to start off where we left off a week ago. And we were talking about um, the California Legislative Women's Caucus. And you were one of the founders of that caucus. Yes, Um, I was. So I thought we'd pick up from there. Now, Sally, how did the formation of the caucus come about? Well, there were um, just 11 or 12 women. in the legislature, that's including Democrats and Republicans, senators and assembly members. There were only 12 of us of uh, of 100 members of uh, the legislature is made up of 120 members. And so 12 of those were women, which is not very (laughs) good percentage. But we decided because there were just 12 of us, to be put together a caucus where it didn't matter whether we were Republican or Democrat, Senator or Assembly, um, but we would take certain issues that had to do with women or children 
and and try to work together on those particular issues in the in the state state laws, and it worked really very well. Um, did you meet on a weekly or monthly basis or an as an as as needed basis? How did that work? We worked. Uh, uh, we met on a pretty regular basis, more uh, weekly than monthly. Yes. Okay. Okay. And um, so you worked on particular issues together. Did was there a particular piece of legislation that? Um, was authored by some of your members that came out of brainstorming in the Women's Legislative Caucus? Well, I, um, I know that one of, one of my bills uh, was um, equal pay for, for uh, women. Uh, men, women were making um, somewhere between 57 or 64 cents uh, for every dollar that men were making. And so I did uh, carry a bill that, that tried to uh, respond to that problem. And as I recall, the bill passed and it required that women uh, are paid equally for similar uh, type of employment. Wonderful. So, and we now, of course, how do I know what is happening now today? Right. Uh, but the, that's the law. And, and unless someone has changed the law, I would expect that that still is. <laughs> now, um, so, so like that bill, um, would it come to the committee already supported, already endorsed by the Women's Legislative Caucus? And what, during the bill process, at one point did the, did the Women's Caucus endorse the bill? Do you remember? The, the caucus, the, would it come to When the, when I, the bill- I lost you. Yeah, I, I'm having I'm having Wi-Fi issues. When the women's caucus, when would the women's caucus endorse a bill like that? It was your bill. Would it would it go? When it went to committee, was it already endorsed by the women's legislative caucus? Yes, it would have it would have been discussed at the women's caucus, and uh, the women would, in this case, would definitely support mm -hmm. it. So it all, so the bill already had some weight, already had some credibility because yes. it had all these members supporting it. Is yes, that and of course the the idea itself it has a, a great deal of credibility because anyone, everyone recognizes that women should who are working should be paid equally. Um, uh, as 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 far as the if it's it's a similar kind of a job, they we should receive this the same amount of salary. Amen. There's Amen no question to that. about it. That's <laughs> not the way it was. Right. Right. Now, yeah. who were some of your um, who were some of your Republican uh, cohorts that helped? Um, um, very handsome. 
was very much involved in, in, in working with the caucus. And um, I, I, I haven't talked to Bev for years, so, but I, uh, I think she's still around. I think she's, and, I think she's in Sacramento area still. Yes. Uh, she, I'm not sure that, um, I'm not sure where, she, I don't, I should have thought it out before we, we talked, but. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Well, how would you describe Bev Hansen back then? It, describe what? Her personality, how she was. Oh, she, very outgoing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, um, Willie Brown, who's speaker, really respected her. Mm -hmm. And um, I think he appointed her to committees, to leadership roles in committees because of her ability. Mm -hmm. and, uh, she, and she was a mother of a, a number of children. Um, I, I, I must say that she's just a great kind of a gal. Wonderful. Um, she really, you know, it was a pleasure to work with her. Actually, it was a pleasure to work with all of the women, and it was a, a, a it was effective because um, when there was a, a bill that we all agreed on and um, decided to work, the men uh, hesitated um, to 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 oppose our bills. And uh, which I think is very interesting. It is because we were um, organized, and it 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 somehow um, it worried them. So they they didn't fight us. Do you think it was effective because um, not only were you organized, but because the caucus crossed party lines? Do you think that I think was so? I think absolutely so. Mm -hmm. Um, we really, it was very interesting. Um, I, I have a, a, a friend, oh, one of my friends um, was um, Assemblyman Dick Mountjoy. Oh, sure. Very, a very From the San Gabriel Valley, correct? Yeah, uh -huh. very conservative Republican. Uh -huh. And, um, he, he, you know, he was a good friend. Right. And um, I, I can't think of any, it was, it was quite generally accepted that we all worked together. And um, we really, it wasn't a party line kind of uh, work. I see. It was, uh, it was exceptional. It was really working for the betterment of Californians. Is that how you would describe it? Yeah, we were. We were. Um, I think it had a lot to do with our speaker, Willie uh -huh. Brown, and because he, he would he did pull us together, and he. I have a book here that, that Mary is um, holding. It's a, a book of of um, statutes that my, my, um, here, can you see us? 
Oh, yes. Statutes authored by. Oh, wonderful. That's wonderful. That's all the legislation you have authored and have become law. That that became law. So not not those that failed, but those that became law. My my chief consultant um, gave that to me as a retirement gift. And I, I think it was so generous and wonderful. It is. That's wonderful. It would occur to me to have it. And, of course, I can refer to it. And Mm -hmm. all the bills that, in fact, I'm, 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 you know, startled when I look at it. (laughs) You you accomplished a lot of good work, Sally. It was a busy 14 years, yes. That's wonderful. Now, um, besides Bev Hansen, I believe Marion LaFollette also helped on the Women's Legislative Caucus, is that correct? Yeah, Marion LaFollette was, was my best friend and is still a very close friend. And she and I are pretty much the same age. And um, she's a, she is a, a, a very, uh, well, very wealthy, very conservative, Republican. Mm-hmm. And I am just, um, I'm a Democrat, not wealthy, but not, but I'm comfortable. Uh-huh. But she, uh, some, um, we were at a, uh, a party for, it was a party for her and a fundraiser. And um, a man came over and said, it's so nice of your husband to do this for you. And she said, Thank you, but I'm independently wealthy. <laughs> Good for her. I love it. <laughs> I love it. She, she's, she's a strong woman. She's a, a, a dear friend. I love her. That's wonderful. And can you describe her back then when you were working with her on the caucus? Describe her? She's uh, very good-looking. Mm-hmm. Um, she was uh, extremely conservative. She uh, voted, you know, a party. Um, the Republican Party was very important to her, and she voted party. And um, it would be interesting because on the floor, she would there would be a, a bill that would come up, and it would be a bill that I supported, and I would vote aye, and it would be a bill that she absolutely opposed, and she voted nay. And um, after the assembly session, she and I would go out to lunch together. <laughs> together. So we didn't vote the same at all. We And our friendship did not depend on on, on being the same politically. I love that. Isn't that a, a good thing? And it I, is. And it's. I'd like. I'd like to think that that exists now among the uh, legislators. I have no idea, but I'd like to think it does. Yeah, we live in such divided times right now. Um, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Now. Um, so you were good friends. Marion was your best friend in Sacramento. Now, uh, I believe you also worked with Rebecca Morgan in, in 
the Women's Legislative Caucus. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Uh, She wasn't a really close friend, um, but she, um, she, she worked hard on, um, I forget the, it was uh, Marianne Burgesson I'm thinking of. Um, I don't recall her, her, oh, Becky's, uh, she's, she's a Republican mm-hmm. and, um, or she was a Republican and Becky is, uh, she's showing me the photo. I don't see Becky in the photo. So by the way, by the way, Sally, all of these women that I'm mentioning on are on our list to interview. So hopefully I can pass on your good comments to them in the near future. So you mentioned Marion Bergeson. So tell us a little bit about uh, Marion. Marion Bergeson, um, a a Republican. Um, She, she, carried uh, legislation that would provide for um, people to be able to inherit. Um, it was called a death bills. Um, okay. Inheritance. Bills. So you wouldn't get hit with a and, death yeah. tax type of a thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's eliminate mm-hmm. a death tax. Yes, and um, very important. And she, she was part of the she was part of the women's caucus. Did I tell you that the women's caucus was a, a broken up by a new member who was elected? You mentioned it briefly. Um, yeah, I see her on t- television. Um, she's in Congress now. Barbara Lee, I, is that correct? It's really hard for me to to have uh, good feelings about her mm-hmm. because because she, she, it was it, we rotated the chair of our women's caucus and it was it was about time for um Marianne Ferguson to be the chair and and she's she was a republican mm-hmm. and um this new member came in and just had a fit to think that a Republican would chair the women's caucus. So it sort of broke up the caucus, which is, um, uh, I don't, I can't forgive her for that. Did Marion ever become chair or did that whole situation just explode? It just all fell apart after, you know, after a number of good years. And a lot of uh, work together. We we uh, we maintained a relationship, though all of us women. Right. Um, one t- one time it was my birthday, and I'm I'm moving from just I just remembered this. Sure. Interesting. I, it was my birthday, and. Um, so there's a, there was a restaurant in town that everybody it was hung out at, and there was an upstairs. What was the name of the restaurant? I'm, Do you remember? I can't remember. I used to live um, in Sacramento, so I was just curious. Yeah. 
Um, it I'll t uh, it, it'll come to me. I okay. hope. And they, anyway, uh, the um, uh, we were upstairs um, and uh, celebrating my birthday, and one of my uh, good friends, uh, a, a male member, sent up a uh, a male stripper. <laughs> he totally stripped, but right. he did uh, um, a dance, and he sat on my lap, and it was just <laughs> sort of a, a, a fun thing. That's um, funny. Yeah, it was it was funny, and it was a fun thing, and um, we, we were, you know, we the the members. The members were really friendly to each other, and and it didn't matter that we were Republican and Democrat. We, mm -hmm. we we voted our our party. We voted what we believed in, but we were all um, uh, friends, mm -hmm. which I think is is just a wonderful way to to work together absolutely and, yes now um I, I i'm actually going a little sideways off track myself but um we mentioned this earlier that we have a new presidential administration that's going to come in with uh, joe biden as president and kamala harris as vice president who has been serving as u.s senator from california um, I heard this morning, actually, that Barbara Lee is actually being considered by Governor Gavin Newsom to replace Kamala. She's one My of the names that are floating around. I'm going to have to call him. <laughs> I really think he, I, she should not be. She should not. She isn't. She, she is a very partisan Mm -hmm. And if the governor wants a very partisan um, member to to uh, serve uh, in that position, I guess that's fine. But it's not fine with me. Right. Okay. I just wanted to get your opinion on that, Sally. Thank you very much. I don't think it's a good idea because she is, I don't think she's, she, she, she sits, I don't she fits I don't feel she fits that role as US senator right yeah well thank you thank you for your opinion I appreciate that um, so going back to the women's legislative caucus you and Bev Hansen created the legislative women of the year program yes we um, did can you tell me a little bit about that and how it was created and how it came about yes, because you know there is always in every Every group, there's a man of the year. Uh, um, always, there's always a man of the year. The Rotary, the man of the year. The legislature, the man of the year. The whatever it is, there's a, the man of the year. And Bev and I said, there, there should be a woman of the year. So we we created the woman of the year and. Believe it or not, some of the men were so angry about it that they 
and it took the votes to make it make it uh, um, uh, effective. And so we didn't get some of the male votes. What was their opposition to it? A woman of the year. Do you remember? No, I can't tell you, but I can't say, I mean, I could, would say if I remembered. Sure. But, yeah. I, I just you know, don't see, weird. I mean, it's such a good PR, a good public relations move. Yeah, it, 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 it's, I just don't remember which men, there were more than one. Okay. Uh, who was absolutely uh, opposed to Woman of the Year. Um, I think Tom McClintock uh. won, but I, uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure uh, who. But there were a group of men who. Tom McClintock would not surprise me. <laughs> that would not surprise me. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> uh, now, when a woman gets chosen out of your district, right? Every legislator gets to pick their own woman of the year. Uh, what does that award or honor? What else is they? Do they come up to Sacramento, the Women of the Year? How how does that work? Yeah, we invited the Women of the Year. Um, there was a Women of the Year program, and um, we each woman was in, uh, introduced. And, and this is this is um, Marianne Lofalat from. Uh, whatever her district or area was, and that kind of thing. Uh, this is Gwen Moore uh, from um, Los Angeles, and mm -hmm. they, they were not um, all legislators, by the way. They were, there were some really strong women who were um, selected as Women of the Year in, in every district. Doing good community work, is that correct? I didn't hear you. Doing work in their community, is that correct? Yes, yes. And so this was an opportunity to thank them for their work. Okay. Yes, yes, it, it was it, it was over overdue. I mean, it makes sense that, that there is a woman of the year uh, chosen in a, in, in a in each area, each district, because there are women do so much work, so much for their area, so many volunteers that 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 work hard. When you're aware of that, mm -hmm. I'm sure, Brenda, because you you see women as volunteers work hard. It's wonderful that we actually were able to find a way to say thank you. And it's wonderful that you created that program with Bev Hansen, Sally. So thank you. Thank you for thanking others. Well, it was Bev and I who yeah. worked together on that. That's You're wonderful. And, and that program continues to this day. I'm, I think it's so important. And, and, it, and I'm thrilled that it's continuing to this day. And you were all, the funny thing is you were also honored with the award. Is that correct? Yes, I was. It was, there's, um, I forget what year it was, 
But I have a, um, a plaque that says Sally Tanner, Woman of the Year. I love it. And your local <laughs> assemblyman uh, uh, nominated you, is that correct? Very likely. Yes. Very likely. It, it could have been. I love that. I love that the award that you created ultimately came back to you. That's, that's, that's great karma. That's great karma. Well, it's, it, 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 I certainly didn't um, expect it, you know, and, that, and we're just overjoyed to be able to do this. The women were, um, and <laughs> some of the men just, as I told you, didn't take it very kindly, which is <laughs> funny. Funny and not so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, but not really funny. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because it's it 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 shows the attitude that men have, and some men have about women. Right, and this this probably cut into their district budget a little bit, right? Because you would have to fly the the lady up to Sacramento and pay for the plaque and play for her. There's a luncheon related to the woman of the year, right? Is it, don't they all get together? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then the woman would at in the assembly would be introduced and the woman of the year would walk forward and be introduced and receive a, a plaque of woman of the year. I love it. And it was, it was really a, a wonderful um, event for us to be able to present a plaque to women from various districts. It was beautiful. Yes, it is. Thank you for creating that event. Thank you. so, And for creating the Women's Legislative Caucus. Thank you so much. Um, Sally, let's move on to um, your relationship with Governor George Duke Majin. Um, Tell us about that. He, uh, just by doing a little research, I can tell he respected you greatly um, because he appointed you to a task force um, dealing with waste, energy, and technology. Can you tell us a little bit about your working relationship with? Yeah, um, I, I, he, Doug, uh, Governor Duke Majin is a Republican and, um, I expected that he would be reserved as far as uh, uh, the Democrats are concerned. Mm -hmm. And he was very outgoing. And he, I, uh, during that period, um, I had breast cancer and I had my breasts removed. And I remember when I got back to the assembly and for some reason he was going to speak and he stopped at my desk and he said, how are you feeling, Sally? We worried about you. I, you know, that was very touching. And um, he, he did wonderful things. But one time I was upset with him <laughs> and he had a, a luncheon for the members. And I don't know that I mentioned this to you the last time we spoke. Did I? 
about about the women being seated with his wife. Yes, yeah, yeah. He he segregated segregated us. Yes. And yes, and and, and of course, he heard from me. And <laughs> he said he just wasn't thinking, and I said that's what is happening with women and people are not thinking and it's really really serious it isn't just a matter of having a luncheon it's a matter of women not counting as much as men mm -hmm. and our, our vote was equal to you know if if i wanted to vote no it was just as strong a no vote as as the man who sat next to me. Absolutely. And so the governor, I think, thought about that. Wonderful. And I think that he realized that, that wasn't the right way to, to do things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was very nice to have the luncheon, but the men with him and the women with his wife. Right. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Um, well, good for you for bringing that to his attention. Now, um, besides putting you on that task force for waste energy and technology, Duke Majin also asked you to develop uh, a state waste management plan. Um, how did you feel about that request? And what did your male colleagues? Um, well, actually, I asked uh, the governor Oh, okay. uh, to support my waste management plan um, because I was uh, I, I almost the major legislation of, of mine and the and most of the legislation that I carried had to do with waste uh, clean water clean air and 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 waste, hazardous waste, and, and landfills. And I was very much involved in those things. And so um, it, it was, um, and, and Governor Duke Majin uh, allowed us to have, uh, I, we had um, a council, Waste Management Council, which was created by a, a bill that I carried. Got it. And it was made up of city council members and 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 um, people who were were involved in in waste and in in management areas, and so it was a, a, a very effective um, council, group of people, very concerned and interested. And the governor let us use uh, his offices to meet uh, every, I think we met every uh, two weeks or so. Wonderful. And, and when it went on for a long time and, you know, we were able to agree on legislation and they weren't all members of the legislature. They were, they were, you know, non-members. So like the private, the industry, the, the people involved in, in the- That's yeah, right. Okay, yeah. wonderful. So a lot of good, a lot of good was, came out of this uh, council, I assume. 
I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. A, a lot of a lot of progress was made out of this council. Is that correct? In the in that yes. area. Yes. Did yes. you did you ever get overwhelmed, Sally, by the complexity of these issues, and by the power players in each industry? They they it it could have been overwhelming. It, but for some reason, I didn't feel overwhelmed. I had a, a very unusual and brilliant uh, chief consultant, and it, you know, he he and the rest of my staff helped me through the difficult legislation. Mm -hmm. they, they really, I mean, we had we met. I, 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 they worked for me, but we would do a, a, a meeting on, on certain bills and they would um, explain the, what the, the background on the bills and what the bill, um, how it would affect the people in the state. And, you know, it, I got to the point where I really could understand what, what was the bill that was coming before mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. and I could speak to it or at least know how to vote intelligently mm -hmm. on the bill. It was, I had an outstanding staff. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yes. Uh, because there's a lot of nitty gritty, a lot of attention to detail that needs to occur in such complex important yes. problems that are facing our yes our society well thank you that's that's wonderful and now let's talk about one of your um most famous pieces of legislation just a little while ago you showed us that beautiful bound book that your chief of staff made for you on your retirement that has that contains all of the pieces of legislation that are now law um, that you authored uh, during the 14 years in the state assembly um, the bill I would, the law I would like to talk about is the, the law you authored that is officially called the Tanner Consumer Protection Act, but is more commonly known as the California Lemon Law, uh, which impacts yes. new vehicles. Can you tell us a little bit about that, how that came about? And, uh, yes, I, it, it, a man came to my office. Um, early on, in, in probably in 1980, and um, told me he bought a new car, and he was on the freeway, driving on the freeway, and the car stopped. And and he, he here he was on the freeway, and he had to he had to be he had to have someone tow him. Um, away from the freeway, and it was you know a very frightening um, sure. situation. And I thought, well, what did what did the, I asked him? What did the um, dealer say about your the new car? And he said he couldn't do anything about it. And and I, I he said for me to try to have it repaired. And um, and the, the man couldn't get it repaired. It didn't. It didn't work. And so he was at. He lost 
all the money that he had put into a, a brand new car and it didn't work. And so, of course, that, that doesn't make sense. And I thought, well, for heaven's sakes, I, I, I'll put together a law that requires um, a new car to be, to, to a, a buyer to be, have the new car replaced or the money uh, replaced. And um, it wasn't easy. You'd think that would be an easy, natural kind of a, a, a law, but it wasn't. It, it, um, the first year, it failed. And I introduced it again the following <laughs> And the following year, it failed. It failed <laughs> by, it passed the assembly and, and failed in the Senate, both times failed in the Senate. And then I decided, well, the senators don't know me too well. And they, they, we know each other, of course, and work all of us sure. work together. But I decided I would um, get to know some of the key senators more closely. And so I invited um, the senators and their wives to dinner that I cooked at oh, my house. Oh, nice. More than once. And we got to be friends on a personal basis. Very smart, and Sally. Then they, I, then they would, un, they began to understand the importance of of a, a new car being returned or at least repaired so it would work. And and they, after three years. And after a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of cooking, <laughs> uh, I remember one one time I made with my friends at, in the district. I made uh, beef bourguignon, and I took this casserole um, on my lap on the plane. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and, oh my goodness! <laughs> and had beef bourguignon for for um, dinner, and I remember that. Um, Was it Julia Child's recipe? Do you remember? <laughs> uh, Senator John Ford said, "It's the best beef I've had beef bourguignon all over the world, and this is the best beef bourguignon I've ever eaten." Oh, that's wonderful! <laughs> that's wonderful. Who, because um, this is so interesting, because these are the kind of stories you never read about in history books. Who were some of the state senators that you cooked for at your home that were important to this bill? Uh, Senator Bob Beverly and his wife. It was Senator uh, Johnny Ford and his wife. And mainly those two, because uh -huh. they were one... John Ford was a, a, a Democrat, and Bob Beverly was a Republican, and I thought, well, I would just concentrate on these two gentlemen, and we became really good friends. I love it. I think that's great. 
So, so they smart. Begin to understand the need for the for the um, the the law. Did did what, um, did the California auto dealers oppose this legislation? They did. They, they did, and and and. A representative from the uh, auto dealers came into my office and I said, you know, you really should be supporting this bill because it's a manufacturer who is responsible for a, an automobile not being well built. Mm -hmm. but it's not you, it's not you re retailers who are responsible, but you are, you pay the price because the customer is angry with you right and that's not the way it should be you should you should join the the customer with the fight against yes the, the manufacturer when there is a, um, a defect in in a new car that can't be repaired so some some of the um it worked that's a very good argument. So by the time it finally became law that third time, uh, were the auto dealers still officially opposed to it? No, they were. They were pretty much joined me. Wonderful. And they, yes, and because it makes sense. It does. Because they were left on the short end of the stick as well with the bias. You know, one time I had in my office, I had... Um, people from all over the world who were car automobile dealers, people from Japan and, and all over the, and Germany. And, and they were, you know, brilliant people who knew about their product and came to my office and, and I said, you know, I don't know. Uh, the things that you know about cars. I said, all I know is that when I buy a new car, I'm given a key and I should be able to put the key <laughs> in. It should turn on and it should drive. It should go and it should stop when I put my foot on the brake. And that's all I know about And eventually the dealers were at least were not actively opposed to the mm -hmm. to the to the bill mm -hmm. it was it was i what i had friends who at in, in southern california who raised had uh, lemon trees and one time when i was presenting the bill i brought to the assembly i brought um 80 lemons oh, wow. and I, put a lemon, I had to get permission from the speaker and he said i could do it i put a lemon on every desk in the assembly i love and, it yeah <laughs> went over big it did. i'm sure yeah you're amazing that's a that's such a smart move both the yeah. cooking of, of the dinners and the the symbolism yeah. of the lemon it was it, it was it was a fun thing to do and it was effective Mm -hmm. And I think the uh, I think that the I believed in 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 what the bill that I was carrying I really believed in it, and I that makes a difference too. 
because it makes makes me work harder and makes people understand that the member who's carrying the bill really believes it's a, it's, it's a, a good law. I can feel your passion about that and about clean water and environmental issues uh, even today. So yeah, thank you for that. I have a question for you and I'm not sure how, how to pose it, but you, are known for your California Lemon Law Bill. You're known for your environmental stewardship. I don't hear you very well, Brenda. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yes. Um, you're known for your time in the assembly for authoring and being an advocate of issues that are um, very complex, environmental issues and this California Lemon Law issue. These are not typically female issues. It's, we're not talking about daycare. We're not talking about childcare. We're not talking about normal, um, typical, I should say, typical female concerns. Were you ever criticized about that, for that? I don't, I don't believe so. I don't okay. recall any. In fact, it did, until you just mentioned it, it didn't, Yes, that it is true that they are. It's more um, those 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 bills would be generally carried by men, mm -hmm. but um, it, that never occurred to me when I was working. When That's I, wonderful. Uh, I I either I believed in it or I didn't carry it. Now. Um, Sally, you were in the state assembly for 14 years. Um, did your issues or areas of concern change over time, or did your during that first campaign when you ran, did those issues pretty much stay the same? Um, one major issue was um, right to life and choice. I felt I was a Catholic at the time, and I really believed in the right to life. Of course, I still believe in the right to life, but I voted uh, against choice, and I, I thought about it long and hard, and I realized that I was wrong. And um, I think a woman has a right to choose. Um, in in certain cases, when that when it's there, it's not just a just an arbitrary kind of thing. But when there is a really good reason for a woman to to choose to abort a baby, I. I think that that is acceptable, and and it took me a, a number of years to actually. Uh, uh, Maxine Waters was a very um, a, a big help, extremely important part person in my becoming elected the first time. And Maxine Waters is 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 a believer in in choice, and in, in a promoter of that. And 
I let her down, but I, because I, um, I really felt strongly about the right to, to life. But the more I worked and the more I thought about it, I finally, uh, not because of pressure from outside, but I decided that a woman has a right to make that choice at, at a certain time of her pregnancy. And so I, I changed. And um, I, I felt good about the change because I believed that so I, it was a, it was an evolution of that decision. Then. Yes, it came with time. Yeah, it took a while, and 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 it 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 was correct. It was Wonderful. correct. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Uh, were there any other issues that you um, that evolved also with time, or your position on certain issues? I don't think so. I think that that was a major issue, it is. and that, of course, it 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 did affect a lot of of, of women, and um, I can't remember any other issues that you know. I believed every bill that I carried, I believed in, right? <laughs> or I didn't carry it, yeah. right? And, and um, most of them were because I thought it, there ought to be a law. And, and um, so I had this wonderful staff that were, were able to write up the, with the legislative analyst, write it up really good legislation for me. And then I was able to carry it. Did I tell you about the first time I um, carried a bill on the floor? No, you did not share that. Story. You did not share that memory with us. No. Can you do that now? <laughs> well, I had a, a, a bills are listed, numbered, and um, I don't remember what the bill. It was a, a very simple bill um, that I had that was, but I was having such extreme. Um, stage fright uh -huh. that, that um, my bill was maybe number 14 and we got to 11 and and I was feeling ill. I was so frightened. <laughs> and, uh, we got to 13 and the speaker said and we will recess oh, until Monday. This was on Thursday, <laughs> and we were recess until Monday. Oh my God! And it, not that didn't make me feel good because I knew that I would be a wreck all weekend. <laughs> it prolonged your agony. <laughs> yes, it prolonged my agony and my fear. And when I and when I finally um, got up. To speak, and it was a simple bill, and I, there were microphones up all over the floor, 
and I didn't know what was going on. And <laughs> they, the Republican men, really, were just giving me a fun time, just oh. giving me a hard time, and just playing with. What? Why are you carrying this bill? Who, who made you do this? Why? Why do you believe in this bill? And it'll get to the point where I was. Breathe. Trial by fire for your first time, huh? It was. Uh, they were just playing with, teasing, and and I took it seriously, of course. <laughs> My gosh, I was so worried and as it was. And then they had all these microphones up. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was an experience. That That's was, a great memory. Thank you for sharing that. I can see that in my mind's eye on, yes. the, on the assembly floor. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. That's great. Now, why did you desire to retire in 1992? Um, what happened was um, the people voted for term limits. Ter that didn't affect me because I was grandfathered in. And I, and I, it offended me because I know I, the members that I worked with, the members of the legislature, senators and some I, people that, that I didn't agree with a, a lot of the time, but I respected. And I, I felt it was an insult to the members of the legislature to pass a, 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 a law to limit the terms. And um, so, and it didn't affect me as I was, because I was grandfathered in. But I, it, it, it did affect me. It upset me. Uh, it, I could could have continued on for another, probably another four or six years. Mm -hmm. But I, I retired because I thought. The, the people, um, the people chose to limit the terms of members, and it wasn't sense. It is not a good idea. I agree with you. It's, yeah, because it takes it's such a complicated business. And there's something and, to there's something powerful about having institutional yeah. memory and knowing yeah, how and things work. That's it. That, that is, institutional memory is so important. And the, 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 the help that you get from the people who oppose your bill or, or support, you get a great deal of help uh, from, uh, to learn about uh, what is important in the state. What is important? How does this law affect the people in this state? So important. Mm -hmm. And um, so I felt I felt I felt um, offended by by that. 
law that law that was passed. I think it was called Prop Thirteen. Was maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what the proposition number that it was, but it was passed overwhelmingly. I I do remember yes. that. And, and and isn't that a strange thing when you think about it? Right, right. It, it, the, 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 the argument for that passing is that I can't imagine what the argument is. Because just, the, argument, right. the argument against it is a person learns it's a very complicated business. Learns how to how to 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 really work in that business. How how to, to develop relationships with with other members, and 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 that makes a, a big difference. And um, yeah, I it was it, it it hurt me. It hurt my feelings. It offended me, and I decided to retire. I let, I want to I want to ask you a, just one more question regarding term limits, um, because I feel that the voter already has the power to get rid of your legislator. If you don't like your legislator, you just can vote the legislator out, right? So why would you need term limits? Of course. Do you think term limits empowers the staff. Do you think term limits shifts the power from the legislators to the bureaucracy of the state capitol? Not to the staff, not to the members' staff, uh -huh. but I think to organizations that 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 are formed to. To, to control legislation, and there are organizations. So, do you think the power moves to the lobbyists? Then, do you think? I think I think so. Yeah. I think it had to do with it. It certainly gave the lobbyists a lot more power than mm -hmm. than than they had. Because they and become because, the instructors, really, to the fresh crop of legislators, right? I'm sorry, I didn't. Do, get right. do you think? Do you think the lobbyists now become the teachers to the new crop of state legislators? No. Um, it, it, it's the lobbyists. The lobbyists it, it could really make a big difference, but I. I had such good friends who were lobbyists, mm -hmm. and that I, uh, I don't seem it didn't, it didn't really. They personally didn't affect me. What affected me is that they lobbied for a term limits. I mean, not these particular friends of mine, mm -hmm. but generally. Um, it was lobbied, and and term limits passed, and it it it, it what it said was, it, you're lucky to have a job for six years, I guess, 
but then we don't want you anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, that, uh, it's a terrible thing because it's so, it's so complicated um, and such hard work. It, it, you work all day and, it, and then constituents come to visit and you work every evening, every evening. It's, it's, if you're not interested in working hard, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't want to be in the uh, legislature. Right, right. I because understand. it was hard work and it was serious work. And then all of a sudden, it, the law was passed that you, it wasn't that important after all. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with you completely, Sally. So 1992 term limits passes and you decide to step down as a result of that law. Um, you didn't have any desire to move to the state Senate. You were just done. Is that correct? No, I was finished. You were finished. I didn't. I, I, it was, I felt very strongly about the term limits passing and um, no, it would have affected me in, in the Senate and and it wouldn't have if I if I could have run uh, for Congress for a seat in Congress and it wouldn't affect me at all right. because, but by then um, I I had a friend and, and she and I went fishing a lot and, and I thought, well, I'm gonna have a free life. I'm gonna be able to fish and paint and do the things I love to do and not work anymore. Wonderful. So that's what I'm, Wonderful. Now, I'm a great fisherman, by the way. I know, I'm, I'm gonna get to that right now. But um, one last question before we go into your retirement. Um, so you, you left the state assembly, and I believe after you retired, your seat was won by a Republican, if I remember correctly, Paul Horcher. Um, how did you feel about your seat getting, getting flipped? I, I think my seat was won by Hilda Solis. Oh, was it won by Hilda Solis? And she was not a Republican. No, Hilda's not a Republican. I must be confused. I wonder if your um, district number got reassigned. Did you get another, a new, a new oh, number at been. the end? I think that's what happened. Could have been. Okay. Okay, so let's move into your retirement. So you, you basically spent, grew up, your teenage years in Southern California, had children in Southern California, represented Southern California in the State Assembly. How did you end up in Northern California? <laughs> well, uh, that's a good, a really, a, a, really a, a, a good question because um, all my friends in Southern California, and that, that was home, and uh, my, uh, my dearest friend was Judge Patricia Hofstetter, mm -hmm. and she and I um, fished together, and we f went. We fished more, more uh, usually in Oregon, 
because there's so many good rivers in Oregon. And um, so one day um, she was, we had fished in Oregon and Pat was driving me back to Sacramento and um, I, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember what your question, I want to answer your question directly. How did you end up in Northern California? Yes. Yeah. After <coughs> you retired from Sacramento. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Sure. So we were driving, she was driving me home to Sacramento and um, we stopped. I said, there, I was looking at the map and I said, there's a confluence of rivers, right? As we're coming up to this Fern Bridge exit. And she said, well, let's take it, look. And we took the exit and we drove in uh, across into that area and it was pastures with cows grazing was beautiful and the hills in the background and trees and it was beautiful it sounds and like a scene well, a, it, it sounds like a scene that you could paint yeah what a beautiful place i yeah. thought and said what a beautiful place we got into the city and the city is is so charming it's uh, uh, homes that are that are Victorian homes, mm -hmm. beautiful. And I said, oh my goodness, Pat, I'm going to retire here. Just like Just that. Like that. You fell and in love said, with it. I said, let's, let's see a real tour right now. Oh, wow. And see. <laughs> and <laughs> I, we, we went over to this realtor's office and she said, yeah, I can show you some 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 homes that are available. And she showed us a few places and she showed us this house that I live in now. I and I said, I'm gonna buy that house. I love it. And Pat said, I'll buy it with you. And I said, no, no, I'm gonna buy this. I'm gonna live here. And she said, well, let me buy it with you. And so we bought it together, and we wallpapered every every room in the house together. We've never wallpapered before in our lives, <laughs> and we had so much fun uh, fixing this house up. And 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 I was I wasn't retired yet. I this was 1990 when mm -hmm. we bought the house. And I was retiring in 92. <clears throat> so I had um, a carpenter. Uh, 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 there was a bedroom where I'm sitting now in this kitchen. And, and I had um, a carpenter open up this bedroom and, and made the kitchen well, from the, the original kitchen and added the bedroom 
and it's a beautiful, beautiful kitchen now with cupboards and lots of cupboards and lots of drawers and a lot of space and light because of windows on on the side and a wonderful kitchen. It's, um, and so the year that I was, before I retired, we had this this man make this house beautiful. Oh, that's wonderful. And is it a Victorian house? It's a Victorian oh, house. Oh, beautiful. That's yes. beautiful. And, and um, one time we had a, uh, not just one time, but there was this terrible earthquake and uh, the house went down. Oh. You know, and the house is raised up, you know, uh, you know, there's space underneath the house and it was raised up. It went down flat. Oh. And went down and turned. Oh my goodness. And it was a terrible earthquake. And what we did was um, decided to not try to raise the house. Well, we raised it to, yes, we did have the, uh, a man um, raise the house, build a perimeter foundation around mm -hmm. it. And so it was. It wasn't had no foundation before. There were posts and piers underneath. Oh, I see. So that's I why. I see. Yeah. So now the house is very secure and very safe. But that was a that was a blow for us, and uh, but we weren't living here at the time. Oh, so, good! Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. So, and as a matter of fact. My, my, uh, one of my, my son, one of my sons and a, a dear friend were visiting. And I thought, oh, when, when I was downtown with Pat, when the earthquake happened, and I thought, oh, Chris and, and Pam are in the house. Oh, my goodness. And uh, we ran and the house was down, but not destroyed right and the kids were there oh good they, they they were had been shopping and so there and there was they were in one of the um, stores and everything came down from the oh, from the, from the shelves. shelves yeah yeah in the shop broken glass. and broken glass everywhere yeah it was a terrible earthquake and um, but it, and then we found that there are earthquakes here occasionally. Yeah. You did not and, escape them when you left Southern California. Yeah, and so we, we decided so be it. You know, we had the house put together, and and it's it's and it's has stayed good, and um, it's it's and we. Entertain when Pat was still alive, we had dinner party after dinner party after dinner party. <laughs> we loved, I loved to cook, and she loved to bake, and we liked people, 
So we entertained a lot. We got to know everybody in town because we entertained. That's wonderful. And, That's wonderful. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just really good. When, and did, when did Pat pass away? About five years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Which I'm was sorry. really a, a blow for me. Yeah. Because a, a great friend, wonderful. She she was. Uh, a brilliant woman. Mm -hmm. um, she, she was one of the, I, I always remember one of the um, journalists one time talked about, had, had a message about her in, in the paper and referred to her as the magnificent Patricia Hofstadter. Uh. And, and she was magnificent. Oh, that's wonderful. And um, we, we, there was uh, her sister, the past sister, bought a house nearby. And we had a couple of really good women friends who we met. So every Tuesday, we had a poker party here. Oh, fun. And, 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 and in, that, in the evening, uh, the... Uh, Curly, who was who owned a man who owned a restaurant, was called Curly's, I think. Um, came over every Tuesday night, and and brought his 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 help, one of his helpers with him, and he cooked dinner for us. How wonderful! At, my, at the house, he cooked dinner, and and his helper made the dessert, and. and what a fun time we had together. You know, a wonderful, fun time for the women and for Curly. And um, since then, Curly's gone and Pat's gone and things are different. But I have great memories, wonderful memories. It sounds wonderful. Friends. It sounds wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Why would you want to be in Sacramento if you could do that? That sounds wonderful. Yeah, it was, it was just special. Now, Sally, how did you get into fishing? Tell us a little bit about that. I'm getting a note here. Let's oh, okay. see. Let's see. What does that Remember say? Remember men picketing in front of the house as a joke? What? Men picketing in front of the house as a joke? Oh, yes. Yes. When we, we, we were having a party um, of, of women... And um, it was it was what was the party? Something about women being able to vote, or yeah, it was it was a choosing maybe a woman of the year or something. And was, we were said told, look out the front door. There were men with signs picketing. <laughs> <laughs> And it was, they were saying, vote no on something that we were supporting. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And, and, and a whole group of men that's from Ferndale. It that's, was pretty good. So they were protesting that they were part of the get-together. That's cute. With a smile. Yeah. That's cute. That's very yeah. cute. That's very cute. Now, Sally, how did you get into fishing? And tell us a little bit about your fishing skills. Um, we, we, 
I fished a little bit with, with my boys. And uh, how Pat and I decided to fish, I don't know. It just, we decided to fish. And there was a place close by in, in Southern California where we could fish. And then when, when I moved to, Cal uh, to um, Northern California and Pat moved with me, we decided to fish in Oregon. And so we did it often and we had special guides that we fished with guides. We fished in boats. Okay. Um, we didn't, didn't shore fish very much. Uh-huh. Because at here in, in California, Pat and I shore fished. And so we'd sit on, on chairs and have uh, lunch in a pack, in a, in a, in a ice chest. And we did it that way. And then we, when we moved, we decided to fish in Oregon. We fished with guides, and it was it was it was just years of of fishing for such huge salmon. Oh, huge, beautiful! Wonderful salmon. Beautiful. Yeah. Was, so we were we were good fishermen, and um, we were serious fit, 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 uh, about our fishing. And uh, it was it was terrific. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. Now tell us a little bit about the Steelhead Derby. Um, it's a it's it's a Cal California. It's called Calor Derby. It's California Oregon okay. Derby, and uh -huh. it's still steelhead fishing. And we would um, we did we did get involved with the Calor fishing and you stop you start on a Thursday evening yeah. for dinner and then and you rent a motel because it's it's all in one area all oh the, is it on the border of California and Oregon yes okay yeah and that's near the Smith River is 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 where we stayed and and um so we would we i lost my place i was going to tell you about um the guy didn't want the women remember the guy didn't want the, the women oh the, the, the oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, a, a, a guide was given to us and, and not given, no, you know, this selected. Yeah. Us. As part of the competition. And, mm -hmm. Yes. And he was horrified oh. that he got stuck with two middle-aged women. <laughs> and, and everybody else had men who were fishing <laughs> and they knew how to fish. And here I am with this, well, actually, we won. <laughs> uh, and I won. We won. Yeah. Bravo. Can you raise it a little bit? Yeah. Oh, that's what I love that. And is that your guide? 
in the middle. Yeah, the guys. Yeah, and 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 us. And we won first for the women. Yeah. And, <laughs> and from then on, of course, we were accepted. And not only that, wanted to be on our team. Oh, sure. You served some <laughs> humble pie on that weekend. Isn't that something? Isn't That's that a wonderful, wonderful thing? That's wonderful. And Pat and I did that. Uh, every year we, we fished the Calor Derby and um, until she got to where she couldn't do it mm -hmm. anymore. And um, yeah, I miss her and I miss the derbies and I one time uh, uh, we were just not this wasn't a derby fishing this was uh, we were fishing with a guide and uh, fishing I think it was the Umpqua River in Oregon and I caught a sturgeon Oh, wow. That was eight and a half, eight foot oh six god. inches. Oh my god! Can you imagine? No, how you didn't when hurt I, your back? When I set the hook, he jumped out of the oh, water, my and there, here the guide and um, my and Pat and I just went. Oh. <laughs> and then, and then, getting that that fish. Yeah, because he would he he swam. He was strong. Oh, sure. And sure. I after I had to pass the 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 rod over to Pat for a while, rest my arms. Oh and sure. And I I got him to alongside the boat, and then and the um, guide measured him, and he was eight foot six inches. Holy and, cow! And released him. Oh good. And, and it was that was the biggest fish I've ever caught. That's amazing. It was amazing. it was a sturgeon. He was beautiful, and yes, he's still. I hope he's still alive. That's beautiful. That, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't hurt yourself trying to pull something that big in. And I didn't. That's I didn't. amazing. That's I amazing. let my arms got tired, and then I passed. Sure. Right over to Pat, and she took it, uh, over, and while I rested my arms, and I took it back. Yes, it was, it was my my fish. That's did you take a photo? Were you able to get a photo? Did I what? Were you able to get a photo of the of the sturgeon? There is a photo. And oh, I don't know where it is. I'm, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I've been able to find it. There is a photo of it. My son is a, my teenage son is a big fisherman. I'd love, once this pandemic is over, I'd love to bring him up to Ferndale and you tell, tell him, him some tell of your him. fish stories. Yeah. Tell him about an eight foot, six inch sturgeon. That's lovely. It, That's wonderful. And it, it was, and he, you know, he, he, it looked like Jaws. When it, oh, sure. When I, they look pre they look prehistoric anyway. Yes, I can yes. only imagine that. That was exciting. That's wonderful. Okay, Sally, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. Um, I wanna okay. I wanna ask you some reflective questions. So there is a Sally Tanner Park in Rosemead, and there's a Sally Tanner Drive in El Monte. 
can you tell me about these honors and, and how they make you feel? And, and what do your sons think about these honors? There's a Sally Tanner Way oh. as well. And I, my sons, my sons and I are great friends and we love each other. But we are good friends, and so um, I, uh, Chris lives in New York, and he's an artist, and he is coming uh, next week to New okay. York, and he'll spend the holidays. And Tim and I play gin every every night, I think, and. Um, he lives, he moved from Sacramento to Rio Dell, which is a city that is closer, close to uh, Ferndale. And so that he could be close to me. Good boy. And it, it, it is, it's really wonderful. So I see him a lot and we enjoy each other. And, and my boys, my boys love each other very much. When when they greet, they they kiss and hug, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, they they're both very much men who don't hesitate to show they love it each other. That's wonderful, and they must be so proud of you, right? With all of these public spaces named after you, they love me. They are. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now let's talk a little bit about um, Sun calls you a rock star. Rock star? Tim calls you a rock star. Oh, Tim calls me. Uh, my son Tim calls me a rock star. You are a rock star. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, how would you describe your leadership style, Sally? Leadership abilities. Your style. How would you describe your style? Your leadership style. Say it again. How would you describe your leadership style? How do you lead people? Oh, style. And oh, it it it's my style is I think getting to know the people that that and and. And the leadership sort of is a natural thing. Uh, if 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 I know the people, if they know me, then we're able to work together. Mm-hmm. And that that's how it happened. I don't I don't know. Um, it's hard for me to describe this my style because. It's I I like the people and I enjoy people and that's it, it's probably reflected in in my ability to be a leader when it's necessary. So that that's what it is. Well, you're a very warm person, and I can tell that just through Zoom. I can feel that. I can feel your warmth through Zoom. So I can imagine how how wonderful you you Thank must you so be much. in person. Um, what were the, your greatest challenges that you faced while in office? While in office, 
Well, at first, um, being a woman, um, and for the men to take us seriously, mm -hmm. th that was a challenge. And then they they found then that that we were um, as serious about what we were doing as 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 were the men, and so they. Ex they 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 did accept us, and one time, a, a little funny thing happened. Um, one of the men was leaning over my desk talking to me, and he said, "Sally, you have two different color shoes on." And <laughs> I must have got dressed in a hurry. <laughs> Blue and a black shoe on. <laughs> And he noticed it and said and told me. Imagine. That's funny. That's it funny. was funny. Um, you mentioned your your you were raised Catholic. Did your faith play any role in your activism? I I I think probably it it did. I I believe you know, I, I believe since I, actually I became a Lutheran, but um, I think I think the fact that, that I really believe in, I really believe in God, and um, actually um, my, I was, there was a period of, of, and in my life that I was, very concerned about my oldest son, and um, I sort of connected with Mary. Oh, you did, and, and and it really seemed to make things better. And he he, he is he doesn't use drugs anymore, and he um, is a healthy, wonderful man, and. And I think it had something to do with believing in God and and and, and sort of connecting with Jesus's mother. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. I appreciate it's a that. Pretty private, but absolutely. Well, I'm a mother, and so I'd love to take any kind of tips. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you, Sally. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so let's move on to our current political situation. We just had um, an election, a very important presidential election. Uh, how do you feel about American politics right now? I am so delighted that Biden and Harris won. By the way, um, uh, 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 Kamala Harris and I worked together. Oh, you did? At, How um, and where? You know, the, Willie Brown appointed us to a commission. And so we sat side by side working together. That's where I first met her. And so w w we became friends. And then she moved on. She um, decided to run for district attorney of San Francisco. And she, she moved on, and so every time she ran for a different office, I'd send a check 
because I really believe in her. And so um, when she was running for president, I sent her a check. And uh, um, of course, she didn't win that, but she was happily uh, uh, asked to be the vice president. And to think that Kamala, the gal that I worked with, is going to be vice president of the United States. And, and one of these days, the president of the United States. I know for sure. And she's wonderful. She's brilliant. She is warm. And she's loving. And... Um, the country is only going to benefit, really benefit, with Biden and Harris. And, and my feelings are pretty strong about, I, I, I feel that, and my feelings is that, that um, President Trump is not interested in, in being a president because of, of the people. He, I, I don't think he ever connected with the people. And um, I think he doesn't understand. And he, he's never held office before. And I think, I believe that there is a feeling that one must have, one should have to represent the people mm -hmm. you should have respect and and love for the people that you you're representing and uh, i don't i i believe that that um president trump doesn't feel that way but mm -hmm. i you know i i'm not going to be critical of him um but I'm overjoyed about Biden and Harris because I think they're going to do so much for this country and for the people. It just is so exciting. It's, it's, it's a real thing. And we will all benefit. We will all benefit because the environment, you know, I worked my entire career, I worked on environmental legislation. And to see those laws canceled by the president were hurt. Were very, it was a very serious thing. It wasn't a personal hurt. Sure. It was very bad. And now Biden and Harris are going to change things. And I am, I'm, I think the country is going to be a happy country and well, well taken care of. Well, I love your enthusiasm. It's contagious. I appreciate that. Do you remember the, the commission that you served on with Kamala? Yeah, I think it, it was uh, medical assistance, something like that. Okay, okay. Something like that. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, um, since since you did bring up Trump, <laughs> uh, President Trump, what impact do you think he has had on women in politics? 
I think that President Trump thinks of women as not women in politics, but women to sleep with. Mm. And um, that's my impression of, of what President Trump thinks of women. And as a result, because of all of his comments and tweets, how do you think, do you think that has empowered women across the country to get out and vote, to mobilize, to become politically active as a result of his um, presidency? I, I, I didn't hear you well, but I, what well, this question, but I, I think that women voted in great numbers, voted for Biden and Harris mm -hmm. because they recognized that, that, that President Trump is not a pro-woman mm -hmm. uh, president. Mm -hmm. And um, he, you know, he yeah, pays, pays for women. Um, it is so offensive to me that that it, it's hard even to discuss it in, in a logical way. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay, one last question, Sally. Uh, and by the way, it has been a privilege and an honor to, to, to conduct your oral history today and, and last week. It's, it's been truly an honor. So thank you for your time. Um, what would you say to a young woman today who's thinking about running for office or getting politically involved, what would you say to her? I would say, please do it. Please do it and believe in what you're doing and make a life for yourself in politics because it's a beautiful profession and you can change things. You can actually make things happen that are absolutely wonderful you can you know there are men who have been in office forever and can't point to any not that I I have seen point to any special things that they've done except that they're in office and you can you can do things and you can change you can change things. You can make things better for, for all the people. And you can make things better, certainly, for women. And uh, it's such an opportunity. I want women to run for office. I want women to, to be active politically. It is a, it's a very healthy, exciting kind of work to do and 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 I you know I would be willing to help any woman who wants help I'm here available you're wonderful I, you're yes. wonderful and you helped Kamala you helped Kamala well thank you so much Sally for your time and your memories and it's nice um, meeting you brother and all of your amazing work that you've done on behalf of the people of California thank you so much Thank you very much. I'm going to stop recording now, but I would like to continue to talk to you. One minute. Here we go.
This is an interview with Sally Tanner for the State of California Archives Project. The interview is being conducted at 10.30 a.m. on Monday, November 23rd, 2020, and is being conducted via Zoom by Brenda St. Hilaire, who is located in Newport Beach, California, and Sally Tanner, who is in Vernvale, California. This is part three of your oral history. Sally, thank you for agreeing to meet with us again via Zoom to discuss some additional memories of your legislative career. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to do that. I, I'll, I'll begin with um, my first job was I was a comptometer operator. I was just out of high school. In fact, I was, no, I was a senior in high school and visiting my sister in um, Michigan. Mm -hmm. So I got a job um, in Detroit was as a comptometer operator. I didn't know what a comptometer was, but uh, I was going to ask you the same question. I said, yes, I can do that. <laughs> and happily, when I went to work, the women there taught me how to use the comptometer. And it was a personnel department, and it was a wonderful summer job. And then the, um, I got a job uh, the next summer of, at the El Monte Herald, a newspaper. And I had to drive because I had to drive into the community to pick up ads and information about advertising. And I didn't know how to drive. And the weekend before I went to work, my brother-in-law taught me to drive. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was, and then Monday, it was the car and here are the keys. And it was absolutely frightening. But I, I, I made it. Did you have your license or were you driving without a license? No, I didn't. I, dro I drove over and got a license that very first day. And no, I didn't have a license at the time. Oh, I'm my like, goodness. It was a, a new job, a new car, and, and, and a, a license to drive it. But anyway, it worked. And it was, um, it was one of the highlights in my life is learning to drive. One of the things that, that I, I want to, I want to talk to you about women's issues. Mm -hmm. And um, a group of us le women legislators had a hearing at a prison, women's prison. It's shocking the things that women went to prison for, for life. Um, women who were beaten by their husbands and finally killed them, killed mm -hmm. them. And um, in no case were they given the uh, self-defense uh, and they were sent to prison for life. And one, one of the women, uh, an older woman uh, who testified, 
told us that she went to her priest and told, talked to her priest about her husband beating her all the time. And the priest said, you go home and be good to your husband. Mm. Can you believe what uh, that's the, the whole attitude about it's, it's, she asked for it mm -hmm. and, and she deserved it. Oh, that's a terrible attitude. Um, one time. So when, Sally, what, um, what year was it that you and the other female legislators visited this? this that was, that country? was in, in 19, uh, the, 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 women, the women's meet, um, hearing? Yes, correct. It was in 1980, 80 or 81, some, something in that area. Got it. And um, what, do you remember what prison it was? No. Okay. And I can't what, remember. That's okay. Would have been Ronald Reagan? Close to Sacramento. What president? You said it was close to Sacramento. Which prison? Oh, which prison? Yes. Oh, oh I thought you said which president. Excuse me. <laughs> no worries. It was Tehachapi. Tehachapi. It could be that that is what rings. Uh, uh, it, well, it seems that's the name. It was the Tehachapi. Um, after that, I. My friend um, Patricia and I w went and visited B Ma Bali and uh, Hong Kong. And when we were in Manila, we were walking down the street towards a beautiful, um, towards a, um, a, a lovely uh, shopping center. Mm -hmm. And a couple of young men were walking towards us. And so Pat and I single filed, and I heard, mm, looked around, and Pat was down on the ground. Oh, no. And, yeah, and this young man was pulling her purse, and and I was enraged. Mm -hmm. Jumped on him, and I just beat. Did you really, Sally? And there was a second <laughs> young man, and I... And he started to intrude, and I beat him up. I had both of those young men running away from me. They thought these rich American ladies would just grab their purses. They found out that these American ladies are tough ladies. I love it. I love it, Sally. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, a, an interesting that happened. Uh, was Pat okay? No, she she had a concussion. Oh no! Yeah, I had to take her to the hospital, and um, she be, it, it took a while before she felt well. Mm -hmm. But it was a very serious matter, and you know, it's if you have a child or a dear friend, something like that happens, you. you you don't think. No. You know, they could very well have had knives with them. Oh, sure. And, you know, it, but I didn't think. I was just absolutely enraged. Mm -hmm. So we won, and they went running. And so another, another incident was um, 
a friend, a, a group of us, of friends, went um, from, from Southern California, went to Los Angeles on a Saturday night to have dinner together. And then when we came when, back... May I interrupt? Was this when you were a legislator or was this when you were a young, a young woman? I, I was... I was uh, a legislator. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, but but early on. Okay. And and uh I was with um uh, a man uh, who was a judge, a local judge. And um he he took me after we came back from Los Angeles to our cars. He took me to my car and all of a sudden, there was a gun at my neck. Oh, my God. And, and I started to turn my head, and he said, don't turn your effing head and look at me. You just give me your purse, give me your money, give me your jewelry, which he took. And um, my friend, David, was being held up at the same time, but oh. another man... And so, uh, when it all ended, one of another one of our friends came along, and Dave and and this friend just took off to find the the, the robbers. And there I was, left alone, I scared to death. Are you kidding me? They didn't think, of course. But anyway, I I I knocked at the, the door of a friend. And I was, I stayed there until, until the police came and it was a terrible experience. And what time of night was this? Was this about? Probably close to midnight. Yeah. Yeah. So scary. Went out to dinner, mm -hmm. came back to pick up our cars and um, go on home. Mm -hmm. And I remember driving, um, I didn't drive home. I drove over to my friend Pat's mm -hmm. house because I was afraid to go home alone sure. and be alone. And so, oh, she was, you know, she was horrified. In fact, she was sort of angry when I first drove in. Why are you out coming over? It's so late. Right. But she got over it in yeah. a hurry. Did they ever find the criminals who stole your purse and held you at gunpoint? Um, they did not. Okay. They did not. And, and you would think the police really tried because, it, after all, one of them was Judge, uh, I forget his last name. His name was, he was a, a fellow that I was dating. Okay. But, um, I'm sure you made the headlines if one person was a judge oh, yeah. and the other person was a yeah, state assembly yeah. member. Mm -hmm. Yes, we certainly did, but they—they uh, they weren't. They—they they were not caught. May I ask and what jewelry was stolen? Was anything significant of yours stolen? Yeah, I had um, a wristwatch. Okay. I had um, pearls. Pearl. Um, uh, necklace on and, and earrings mm -hmm. and um, 
so the, and my purse, yeah. my 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 evening purse was you know um, I always had about twenty dollars in the purse in yeah. case, and my mother told me never never go out without money in case you <laughs> call a cab. Sure, and, but but yeah, and it, it was a very frightening experience uh, with the gun. You know, I. Today I can still feel that gun oh. right there, and and it was a, it was a very frightening experience. Um, another thing that happened um, is sometime later, a, a got a knock at the door, and a young woman who was only dressed from the a, a little top. And otherwise, she was without any clothes, and she was covered with mud, mm. and she was crying. And I brought her in, and my boys were 10 and 14 at the time, and they were just stunned and shocked to see this, this young woman. And my husband got so nervous, he picked up a broom and was sweeping the floor, where the mud was dropping instead of, oh. <laughs> he, he, he got, so we did call the police and um, I took her into the bathroom and, and drew a bath for her. Oh, you're so sweet. And I got in trouble for doing that because apparently they had to have checked the rape Oh, I see. I was wondering, was it was it domestic violence or was she a rape victim? Yes, oh. she was raped. I see. And, um, and nevertheless, when we went when when the case went to court, I was a test. I was a witness, and I testified. And and the boys, she remembered who they were. And so they were they were um, sent to, to jail. I don't know whether it was prison or jail, but they were convicted. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Uh, yes, and um, it's a terrible thing that happens to women. And I I was the next another thing that happened was uh, a group of us were uh, went were going to the Sacramento. From from Southern California, we were caravanning to Sacramento. You and a uh, bunch of other legislators or staff members? Yeah, uh, no, it was a state central committee meeting. Oh yes, okay. Yeah, and um, we stopped uh, on the way and to have lunch. And um, these were all friends. We we're all friends, and I was uh, looking in the jukebox bending over looking in a jukebox one of the fellows grabbed my fanny <laughs> and I came around with my fist and I buried my fist in his belly oh good for you I knocked him out and <laughs> I, you know it was all uh, just a reaction and um, a good reaction because yes. I uh, and the other men and and Neil all realize that's not the kind of thing one does. Mm -hmm. 
I realize it because um, I it, my, I reacted and, and I and yeah, and I carried him away. Oh <laughs> wow, Sally, that was a little preview to your Manila oh. fight. <laughs> <laughs> so that was um, uh, that was a, a, a interesting thing. Um, I, I don't know how many things that, that uh, you want to hear. Um, I one time was uh, visiting my one summer vacation. Um, I was visiting uh, my sister in in um, Detroit and no, in Dearborn, Michigan, and I got a, a summer job in Detroit. And um, a group of us waited for the bus every morning, the same group of people. And we got to know each other, and, right. and, and it was very nice. And one day, uh, one of the fellows who was in the group drove up, and it said, Hi, Sally, I'll give you a lift to, the, to Detroit. And I said, wonderful, great. So I jumped in the car. And he was sitting there with his uh, his pants unzipped. Oh no! And he was had an erection. Oh no! And as the car was driving, I got out, and it was. Uh, I didn't even tell the police. I didn't even tell my mother. And that's a strange thing, that women hesitate to tell. And, and, and I think about it now, and I wonder, how could I not have called the police? How could I have not have told my mom? But that happens. Right. And I, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a, men get away with things like that. It's almost like Thank we you. take um, responsibility almost for that. Yeah, if you you feel, I asked for it. I didn't feel mm -hmm. like I asked for it. Mm -hmm. I knew I hadn't asked for it, but that's what people say. So, so Sally, I'll ask you. So you had this terrible experience as a young woman um, working part-time in Detroit, and then you, as a married mom, um, had to help this rape victim, and then you and Pat were attacked in Manila. Did any of these issues of that, that impact women uh, find themselves in the legislation that you proposed? Or did any of these situations lead to some sort of action? Um, um, the only thing that I did, uh, the only thing that that I can recall having done is uh, uh, equal pay for um, women. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't believe that I carried any any legislation that had to do with with uh, abuse, women's abuse. Mm -hmm. I, but I, I I can't swear to it because sure. I haven't looked through my. Um, sure. When um, you. When you went to Tehachapi and visited that uh, that uh, prison, prison for women, um, how many legislators were with you, and what what came out of that that visit? Well, we uh, uh, there were uh, probably 
eight or ten of us, and both senators and Republicans and Democrats. So it was a mix. And what well, I didn't carry any legislation, but there was okay. there was legislation offered about um, women being women being abused and um, recognizing them women's being abused by their husbands mm -hmm. and the fact that you know women don't don't uh, often tell that it's happened and in one case there was a doctor who was beating his wife and he he beat her from the shoulders down oh. there nothing would show on her face right um it, uh, it happens and legislation that was offered and, it, and um, we all supported I don't remember what it was but but and I can't remember which members uh, authored the, the legislation but there was was this the women's legislative caucus that went to to Hatchaby yeah that's that pretty much okay great it was a group of us in pretty much the women's caucus. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And let's see. I, I talked about getting a lift from in Detroit. And um, there's one of the good things that happened in the, when I was in the legislature, there were many good things, but there was a men's club, club, it was called the Derby Club. And um, it was a, a restaurant in, in, in Sacramento that men would uh, meet and they wear derby hats. And um, it was men only. And I was invited and the Senator um, Roseanne Village was invited to be the first two women. Oh. Uh -huh, belong to the Derby Club, and so we were given hats, and and we uh, we were the first two, and then it, more women were part of it, and it, it was an integrated and uh, a wonderful group and a luncheon club, and we enjoyed it, and I was very honored to be one of the one of the two first women. Um, to be Derby members. That's wonderful. Yes. Um, I, I have a dog, and, and his name is Ralph, and he was... <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he, he, I didn't name him. He was a, is a rescue dog, and um, Mary tells me that through the years, this is the seventh rescue dog. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and yeah, I and, and I keep them until they die. And and they were all they turn out to be wonderful, wonderful animals. And they just need a home to 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 to, to live in and happily and to die in. And that I have when when they die, then uh, have them cremated, and I put put their ashes in a hole and put a 
buy a rose and put a rose bush on, on oh, that. Oh, I love and that. So each, each dog that I have had has a rose bush. I love yard. it. I love it. It, it is nice. That's beautiful. It, That's beautiful. Yes. Now, what kind of dog is Ralph? Uh, Ralph is a, a beagle. Oh, cute. Uh, a beagle uh, that is a lemon, a lemon beagle. He's he's all all almost white. Okay. I've had beagles, a lot of beagles, through the years, and this is the first lemon beagle I've ever had. Oh, wonderful! And, and, and he he's deaf, and he's fourteen, and he is uh, he's really happy to be here. And, and I'm sure his life is just heaven now that he has found you. Yes. <laughs> I know that he's happy and he, he knows the house now and he feels so comfortable and, and he, he sleeps in, I have a bed on the floor in my bedroom and he sleeps in my bedroom and at night Oh. and, 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 and he's happy and I'm happy to have how really? long have you had Ralph? Um, about a month. Oh, he's new. Okay. He's brand new. Yes. Needs okay. If we I can somewhere. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see. He's on a walk. He's on a walk. Oh, he's Ralph, on a See, Ralph is enjoying the good life. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, are there any other issues, Sally, that you wanted to talk about today? No, I think I, I think I covered just about everything. What um, then? I have a couple of questions for you. Wonderful. Um, since you were such a trailblazer uh, for women on so many issues, you know, whether being a, a graphic artist or um, being in the newspaper industry or in the marketing industry, um, what issues do you think? And then, of course, your amazing legislative career and what you've accomplished there. What do you think are the most pressing issues now moving forward um, in the year 2020? I, I, I think that today the situation is pretty much the same as it was when I was a young woman. Mm -hmm. I think it's very hard for women to get jobs, a good job. And when they do, they still are not paid the same as men. And I, I think this has to be, I, you know, I did carry legislation that required uh, equal pay for equal work, but it, it, that, that gets, happens to be forgotten and, you know, people don't, uh, calling and uh, litigation, and so it it is still happening. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I of course am not involved politically anymore, and um, I think it's too bad that women are not recognized, and and and, I, and as far as pay is concerned. Now, oh, there is one thing that I want to mention that Kamala Harris, did I mention that to you before? 
um, that you work together on a on a committee. Yes, we were on commission. Yes, yes, you did mention and, it. Yeah, I'm, so I'm very pleased to think that the vice president, um, the future vice president, is a, a friend of mine. That's very exciting to me. That's very exciting, and a Californian. Yeah, I think eventually that. she'll be president. The first woman female president won't that be and i yeah i and, and i love that she wore white when she first made her first uh, speech as vice yeah, president elect yeah i loved it yeah. yeah yeah and she's you know she's very brilliant and very sharp and um extremely warm i i i love her and i'm so excited about her future. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, so you mentioned that the issues that you were fighting for are still the same issues for women today. Does that frustrate you? Does that dishearten you? Or is it just the situation that we're in? It, 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 it doesn't frustrate me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it has to change. It has to change. And women today in charge, uh, 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 Maxine Waters, for instance, she, she is a very strong leader. And she, I, I, you know, I really am going to contact some of the women I know who are in office and start trying to get this straightened out where mm -hmm. where women are paid equally it, it's it's not an easy thing to no 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 um, how do you think it gets solved sally do you think it's through education and just educating our young women our girls i think, I think that has a great deal to do with mm -hmm. it if women knew if women recognize that their jobs are just as important as the fellow next door mm -hmm. and they should receive the same amount of money that I think education is important but I also think legislation mm -hmm. ought to be considered mm -hmm. that would require that people are paid equally when I did I did carry and that was a, 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 a law Right. That sort of gets forgotten. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, wonderful, Sally. I've told I've enjoyed interviewing you immensely. It's been one of the highlights of this year for me. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Brenda. I think you're lovely and I appreciate your doing this. It's an honor. Thank you, Sally. And happy Thanksgiving. And same to you. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay, Sally. I I'm going to stop recording.